symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. And welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, now at episode 115. And I am your host, Ray Russell, as we prepare this week to jump into February of 1988 in the World Wrestling Federation. Going to take a look at all the news, as well as a lot of the house show results, and of course, sound bites on the way as well. And I guess we've kind of already started the month of February last week here on the Grenade. We covered the February 5th edition of the main event, Hulk and Andre, the rematch. From WrestleMania 3, the Macho Man and Hockey Talk Man for the IC title. For more on that, you guys can go back and listen to episode 114, a hell of a show, a fun time there, and a fairly quick episode about an hour and 10 minutes in and out, everything discussed at length, but we will cover some of that again here at the top of this program. As we get going, we will be taking a look at some of the most recent news here in the World Wrestling Federation, but before we do that, just a friendly reminder that you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, and our sister shows like the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories, whether it's Georgia 81 with Jamie Ward, the UWF in 1986 with Roman Gomez, or now Memphis 1985, also part of the projects there at Regional Wrestling with the likes of Steve Crawford and, of course, Gene Jackson. You can also listen to my podcast, The Wrestling Stoop, with the legend himself, Bob Roop. As each and every week, Bob goes back in time and shares personal stories and recollections from throughout his wrestling career, both in the ring as well as behind the scenes. Great stories in recent weeks there from Bob, whether it was the Chris Colt not safe for work ribs, Andre farting people out of the restaurant, Don Fargo nailing his uh, schlong to a bar stool and then asking a, a lovely bartender to help him out there. And of course, Bob's first meeting, his first encounters with the future American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Texas Outlaws, coming into the Florida Territory back in 1970. Also, this week, Bob sharing his stories of his very first trip to Japan, alongside the likes of Nick Bockwinkel, Big Cat Ernie Ladd, Rocky Johnson, so many more. Bob going to talk about working both Antonio Inoki and the Giant Baba as part of the JWA Tour way back in 1970, and he even moonlighted, went down to South Korea for an event or two, and well. All hell broke loose there. You don't want to miss the next episode of the Wrestling Stoop with the legend himself, Bob Roop. And hey guys, while you're at it, why don't you give Luke Jennings and his Memphis Continental Wrestling cast a try as Luke hosts the UK's number one and only Memphis wrestling-related podcast, currently covering the year of 1984 in Jerry Jarrett Promotions. And newsflash, guys, we get a couple of new shows on the way. You don't want to miss it. More on that in the coming weeks. And you can listen to all of those shows and more, all part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Pocket Cast, and beyond. And be sure to subscribe to my social media, guys, for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Plus, I'm constantly adding old school video clips and pictures 
from throughout wrestling history. And you can do so, you can follow me on social media by heading over to X, formerly Twitter, and you can find me there at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Nearly 8,000 followers on Facebook right now and counting. And hey, while you're at it, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel, guys? Talk about YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Currently in the works to up all of the latest podcasts there on YouTube, and I'm constantly adding other videos as well. Memphis 85, the UWF in 86, and so much more. Subscribe now, youtube.com slash Grenade, completely free. And last but certainly not least, now would be a fantastic time if you guys would consider becoming a WrestleCopia patron. I'm just talking about that $5 all-access tier. Gets you all sorts of gifts for just 5 bucks, and it's located over at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. I said it once, I'll say it again. Multiple gifts for just $5, including all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes, talking pages and pages of show notes for every episode of The Grenade, Regional Wrestling, and The Monday Warfare Project. You'll also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. From there, it's remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show, covering the old 1989 and the NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality, plus new content and conversation never heard before. But that's still not all. You also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. Just dropped a half a dozen over the last several days and more to come this month. Plus, you get random bonus video drops and, of course, the Patreon-exclusive Watch Along series, covering many past WWF and WCW events. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. $5, guys. No subscription. Cancel any time. Show your support. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like all the content that I offer. And every penny of it goes right back here into paying the bills at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please, if you can, you're looking to support that next up-and-coming podcast brand, please consider making it WrestleCopia. And let's keep all of these wonderful shows and the new ones on the horizon up and running for the months and the years to come. And all right, guys, with all of that out of the way, time to jump back into the 1988 and the WWF project. We already got one month down. Wow. And it took five weeks to get through January because we had Saturday night's main event. We had the Royal Rumble. It was five weeks of TV. Of course, we covered the house shows, all the January news, but it, it flew by so fast. And we've already covered the main event here in February as well, but we've got four weeks of TV on the way here in February, but before we get to that, it's time to run through the WWF news here for February 1988, and we kick right off, we talk a little bit about Saturday night's, or excuse me, the main event, just recently aired, we just covered it last week, like I said, not since 1955 had pro wrestling been on network TV, live in prime time, no less. As we all know now, we're just a few days removed from that last episode of The Grenade, the major angle that went down the twin referees. Earl Hebner now part of the World Wrestling Federation, but more so the title change. Andre the Giant defeating the Hulkster for the WWF title and then handing the belt over to the Million Dollar Man. And that all took place as part of that big main event program that aired on NBC, drawing in a 15.2 rating. That's over 33 million homes. And I've got just a tiny bit more information here. This one comes from DeMeltz and the Wrestling Observer at the time. He said, the final verdict on Titans NBC primetime special last Friday night is that the show earned a 15.2 rating and a 25 share. It was the 31st highest ranked show 
out of a normal 70 during the week. In other words, according to the Melts, the show did average. Average for TV, not for professional wrestling Melts. Melts are referring to this as a major disappointment for both the WWF and NBC, both of whom uh, supposedly were figuring the show would easily crack the top 10 for the week. Boy, could you imagine the numbers they would have done if they had done that? I think $33 million, not too bad. Uh, Meltzer are going to go on to say here, still, it was not a flop by any means. The show did win in its time slot. The most watched show, and going back to that share, we know 15.2 rating, that's 33 million homes according to Meltzer's math. 25 share, a share means the percentage of households that had their TV on. 25 share, 25% of America, one out of every four households that had their TV on during this time period was watching the WWF's main event. I'd call that a huge success for professional wrestling. As we go, I'm going to talk a couple of uh, recent injuries or health issues here. Uh, First starts off with the Dynamite Kid, who uh, apparently reportedly recently collapsed in the San Francisco airport. Prior to the Cow Palace card, apparently Dynamite had some sort of a seizure, is what they're calling it, caused by either stress or overactivity. Well, he did just come back from a broken back a year ago. It's reported that the kid was indeed hospitalized briefly, but already back on the road within days of said seizure, if you will. Also, Bam Bam Bigelow, we talked about him nursing a knee injury in recent weeks, trying to work through it, masking the injury by doing one or two minute squashes and, of course, working in tag team matches where he sat on the apron for most of the matchup. Late in the month of January, though, Bigelow took a week off to help try to rehab that knee injury and, of course, missing the Royal Rumble event in the process. I still wonder, was he to have went over there? Could have changed the landscape quite a bit. So Bigelow missing about a week of action, but already back on the road here, as you'll see shortly in the month of February, as he plans for surgery post-WrestleMania 4, when everybody is out on break during the month of April. Uh, We go on here. Dave Meltzer going to change his story. We talked about this in January news, where Meltzer said the WWF going to give away 2,000 comp tickets for Donald Trump to give away to his high rollers. Well, here in the month of February, Meltzer changing the number from 2,000 tickets to 8,800? Seems a little high there, Melts. And then again, by the end of February, The Observer, Dave changing his story, going from 2,000 up to 8,800, all the way back down to 3,000 comps for the 17,800-seat arena when full. So we'll have to, I think we're just going to have to wait and see what the final tally is closer to the pay-per-view. We'll cover this again in the March news section of the Wrestling Memory Grenade as we go on here. Speaking of WrestleMania 4, it's going to be aired in 161 closed-circuit locations across North America, the United States, and even up into Canada. And uh, right now, it's pure speculation as to what's going to happen with the WWF Championship as DiBiase, technically the champion. It's rumored that maybe the title is going to be held up because you can't buy a championship. We'll have to wait and see. And the rumor right now, or at least uh, the speculation right now by DeMeltz, is that he believes WrestleMania 4 going to be headlined by Hulk Hogan taking on Andre the Giant inside a steel cage. Winner take all. That would have been interesting. Of course, we're going to get that at WrestleFest later in the year. Also, uh, another couple speculated matches. The Islanders up against the Bulldogs. Makes sense. And Valentine taking on Brutus Beefcake. Meltzer speculates possibly hair versus hair. He says that match almost assuredly etched in stone. Well, I hope you have your eraser handy to uh, erase that uh, etching in stone there, Dave, because neither one of those matches specifically take place. We know the Bulldogs and Islanders wind up six-man tag team action. Made sense. Beefcake and Valentine, they've got other plans for the pay-per-view. Meltzer goes on to speculate that while judging from the Friday night main event show, 
His guess is that Honky Tonk Man will once again be defending his IC title against the Macho Man, with Savage this time putting the lovely Elizabeth up for the title shot, a la Ric Flair and gorgeous Jimmy Garvin over in the NWA. 0 for 4 here in the speculation department for WrestleMania 4 is The Observer. And the most funny part is later in that same issue of The Observer, Meltzer announcing that the WWF title is indeed vacated and will now be pending a tournament at WrestleMania 4 with Andre taking on Hulk Hogan in the first round. At least he's kind of right there. Title vacated, Hulk and Andre. That will actually go on in the quarterfinals. They both get a bye through the first round. But yes, indeed, the infamous tournament upcoming here at WrestleMania 4. So lots of guessing here by Meltzer in 1988. And I don't know that that's changed a whole lot here, even in 2024. And we touched on this quite deeply last week in the Break It Down segment in regards to the Honky Tonk Man playing politics with the World Wrestling Federation refusing to drop his IC title at the main event to the Macho Man Randy Savage, thus forcing Vince and crew to change their plans. And of course, uh, Honky refusing to do the job, refusing to drop the belt to the Macho Man, and it being live TV, they simply didn't want to take the chance of trying to run a, a screw job here in case it didn't work out. Running a screw job on live TV. Hmm. Though I guess it technically wouldn't be a screw job because they're trying to get him to drop the belt. He's just refusing here. Of course, that will indeed alter all sorts of plans heading into WrestleMania 4. Some for the better, some for the worse, depending on who you are. We'll get into that as we get closer to the pay-per-view. But last word on the now-departed Billy Jack Haynes was that he was asking Vince McMahon for help in starting his own upcoming promotion in the Oregon Territory to run opposition to Don Owen. True, and it fails, as it uh, reportedly Vince McMahon turning Haynes down, refusing to send talent his way. Haynes claiming that he quit or was fired over this situation at that point in time. Now, everybody else telling the story, they say it was really just due to Billy Jack Haynes' independability, his health, perhaps some uh, drug issues as well. But even still, there's also rumors out there Haynes wasn't happy with his uh, ongoing push, the tag team with Ken Patera, and I get that. And as I was sifting through the February observers here, I noticed uh, Dave Meltzer, he has cute names for the junkyard dog, referring to him as the junk food dog. We know the ultimate warrior going to become the anabolic warrior, uh, Andre the giant embarrassment. And now you guys can add the glamour ghouls to the list of uh, unflattering names that Dave Meltzer giving the Titan talent. The glamour ghouls, of course, talking about the glamour girls, Leilani Kai and Judy Martin. Some things just don't age well with you, Melts. And here's a story I've overlooked in the past. Going to read this, just a couple of excerpts here from another edition of The Observer around this time. It says, a drug possession charge against Bam Bam Bigelow was dismissed in Freehold, New Jersey, when the judge suppressed all the evidence in the case because it was illegally obtained. The judge ruled that the state police had no grounds to search Bigelow's car on a November 3rd Asbury Park stop. The officers had claimed they found a small bag of marijuana under Bigelow's seat and he was charged with a misdemeanor possession. It was a rule the officers had no probable cause to search the car. Apparently, Bigelow had simply waved to the officers, and then they pulled him over. And apparently, just waving at police isn't enough for probable cause to search the car. Uh, even though the charge itself was indeed a misdemeanor offense, Bigelow, he could have been in big trouble had he been convicted of that charge because he was on a three-year probation going back to 1986 of a conviction then after pleading guilty to threatening to kill a local prostitute. So revocation of his probation, 
could have resulted in up to a five-year prison term for Bigelow here. Lucky him, it got thrown out. Threatening to kill a prostitute. What are you doing, Scotty? Look out, Vince McMahon. Of course, Vince goes back to the Survivor Series to run up against Starcade in 1987. He gives away the Royal Rumble free on the USA Network to combat Jim Crockett Promotions' Bunkhouse Stampede pay-per-view. But now it's Crockett's turn to have a little fun in return. As the NWA is rumored to be running a two-and-a-half-hour special event from 4 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. on March the 27th. That would be the very same two-and-a-half-hour live block that Titan has reserved for WrestleMania 4. So this time, it looks like the WWF going to get a taste of their own medicine, as Jim Crockett will be putting the card on national television, Superstation WTBS, for free. And that card going to be billed as Clash of the Champions. So Vince running up against Crockett pay-per-view head-to-head when the pay-per-view company said, eh, eh, they weren't having that anymore. Vince then running the Royal Rumble up against Bunkhouse Stampede free of charge. And now it's Crockett's turn to do the same thing up against Vince's granddaddy, WrestleMania. Check and mate. Now remember, Clash of the Champions slated to go on for two and a half hours. Meanwhile, WrestleMania blocked off for four hours. A four-hour WrestleMania, the first of its kind. We'll have to see how that works out. As we go on, speaking of WrestleMania 4, it's rumored that Hulk Hogan is planning to leave the company, not permanently, guys, but for the summer to film an upcoming movie. That movie going to turn out to be No Holds Barred. So with Hulk Hogan leaving after WrestleMania, you have to figure there may be a new champion crowned. And here's, here's a bit of interesting news. Bad News Brown, a.k.a. Bad News Allen, recently departed from the Stampede promotion, just joined the World Wrestling Federation already causing a little havoc backstage. It's reported that the Cuban assassin, Angel Acevedo, who had uh, wrestled quite a bit for the Stampede promotion up in Calgary, actually had issues with bad news up there once upon a time. Uh, There's reportedly a knife fight involved between the two men. I don't really remember all the details off the top of my head. You guys can uh, go and try to Google it, look it up. But uh, the Cuban assassin, who had been working for the Central States around this time, he showed up at a WWF Live event in Wichita, where he and Bad News Brown continued their uh, feud, apparently, as uh, Bad News picking up a chair and chasing Acevedo, threatening to, uh, I guess, attack him with it here. The bad blood stemming from the Calgary territory just a a few months prior to this. Uh, Both wrestlers, again, the knife fight, uh, their wives even getting involved in the brawl. So uh, the Cuban leaves the territory, heads down to central states, and now Bad News also gone from Calgary, and he pops up here in the WWF. And it just sounds like to me Bad News Allen, not a man to be messed with. And uh, we touched on this next piece in last month's January 88 WWF news piece. Uh, But Big Bubba Rogers, now gone from the NWA, of course, the story goes, according to Jim Cornette, that that Bubba, he didn't like his payoff uh, after the scaffold situation there, having to climb all the way on top of the scaffold back at Starcade, wasn't necessarily happy with his recent payoffs, most specifically for the pay-per-view, and Bubba quit the company, and he was pegged to start right here by February here with the World Wrestling Federation, or at least that was the report last month by The Observer. However, by this point, it's reportedly now that Bubba, looking for independent work as he got caught in the middle of a NWA-WWF feud, and of course what may have been okay in the past, with Vince now causing issues with Crockett and vice versa, they're not going to get away with it here. And what I'm talking about is Bubba still under contract, reportedly for JCP at the time, which expires somewhere around the month of May which does make sense because we'll see the big boss man appear somewhere around the month of May. 
But the WWF, they, they had planned to start using the big boss man, Big Bubba, here earlier in the year, but Crockett threatening legal action. So, needless to say, Bubba Rogers won't be in just yet, but I can't wait for the big boss man. And I hate to report a sad bit of news here. It appears Bruno San Martino possibly on the outs with the World Wrestling Federation at this point. It's reported that Bruno had received an offer from a company involved in the promotion of a, a, a 900 number, a wrestling hotline, if you will, which paid more than Bruno was getting as a color commentator here on WWF Superstar. So Bruno offered more to host his voice on a 900 hotline for professional wrestling, probably do a couple of commercials as well. But Vince McMahon put the kibosh on it, wouldn't allow it. That shrewd Vince McMahon, of course, upsetting Bruno, who could have made more money doing so. And thus, it doesn't sound like the living legend going to stick around very much longer here in the World Wrestling Federation. We know his contract is up very soon. And no secret, Bruno, always unhappy uh, during this run, he would say in later years, didn't really like the, the way the, the state of uh, professional wrestling or sports entertainment was heading, at least in the World Wrestling Federation at the time. Didn't really agree with it. Uh, also, there's always talk of the supposed push that Vince McMahon promised Bruno's son David back in the mid-80s. We remember, he was part of WrestleMania 1 and things of that nature. David winds up doing the phantom submission to the bear hug against Ron Shaw. He gets fired for his troubles or, or quits, whatever the case may be. But Bruno had actually left the business back in 81. He was happy. He was done, or so he thought. He comes back in, pulled back in with the promise of the big push for son David. That never comes to fruition. And Bruno now stuck in a contract working for Vince McMahon, not just behind commentary, but also in the ring when they needed him. Remember, Bruno filled in multiple times last year with the absence of a hacksaw Jim Duggan or a Jake the Snake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, whatever the case may be. Bruno worked all the way through the month of August of 1987 here with the World Wrestling Federation. His final match, teaming ironically, with Hulk Hogan. So San Martino, Bruno San Martino, very unhappy with the company at this point, and it sounds like he's all but gone, which is just unfortunate. Now, what's also interesting around this time right now, remember we've been covering David San Martino recently in the recent months. He's been back in the WWF, not so much on TV, but he's been on the house shows, doing a lot of jobs, perhaps earning his way back into the company, and he looks to be in a lot better shape, or I should say a little more on the gas. Looks like more of a Titan guy now, if you will. However, recently, David got into an argument, a fight, a physical brawl, if you will, with a ringside fan who was apparently shouting things at San Martino, David San Martino, that he clearly did not care for. And it led to fisticuffs, physical violence from David San Martino, who just can't seem to hold it together here in the World Wrestling Federation. So needless to say, I don't think we'll be seeing either San Martino here very shortly. And speaking of people who won't be here very long, the Iron Sheik, who was slated to make his WWF return in January, will indeed do so on February the 18th. Unfortunately for Sheiky Baby, by the end of February, he's already gone. Mother the fuck. Oh, Iron Sheik, what will we do with you? Also attempting to try to get his way back in the door here in the World Wrestling Federation, it's reportedly Adrian Adonis looking for a WWF return here in 1988. Now, of course, we know hindsight being 2020. That does not come to fruition. In fact, Adrian Adonis will pass away in the year of 1988 in an automobile accident on January the 4th. And in our last piece of news here, wrestling fans rejoice as NBC has agreed to air five, count them, five Saturday night's main events and one more primetime main event special over the course of the next year. 
That's 1988 all the way into early 1989. So six NBC specials on the way here over the next year. We'll be looking forward to that. And that's going to wrap up the news portion here this week on the Wrestling Memory Grenade, which means we move over to February results. And of course, as always, at this point in time in the show, I always encourage everybody to head over to the history of WWE.com, pull up those house show results, click on the year of 1988, and scroll along with me. Now, I do have my own results I've gathered over the last 30, 35 years from various sources, but the best way to follow along, go over to the history of WWE.com, and I'd like to thank Richard Land, the land man, and the creator of the site, Graham Cawthon, as well. I want to thank them for our listeners' availability and options to scroll along with me. Now, I don't cover every result here on the grenade, but I do cover the majority. And of course, sound bites galore when appropriate. And guys, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're getting down to the nitty gritty, to quote Gorilla Monsoon in regards to localized promos here. The event center right around the corner. Things going to change quite a bit over the next couple of months here in the WWF in regards to how localized promos are cut. Uh, that means these Boston-specific, Philly-specific, MSG, Montreal, what have you, these specific localized promos will be no more. going to be more of a, a generic promo that will air in multiple markets to make things a little easier here on both the wrestlers and the personnel. So WWF very soon going to streamline the way they conduct the promos for the house shows, guys. So enjoy them while they last. As off we go to results for the WWF here in February 1988, and it all kicks off with February 1st, Asbury Park, New Jersey at the Convention Hall. On the card, the ladies' tag team champion jumping Bomb Angels now, taking on the Glamour Girls. Also, it's the Ultimate Warrior over Iron Mike Sharp, Junkyard Dog and Coco Beware over the team of the Conquistadors, Hercules defeating Hillbilly Jim and the Killer Bees, scoring a win over the Bolsheviks. As we continue on, February 2nd, Brooklyn, New York at the Regina Youth Center. It's Dan Spivey over Outback Jack with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex. I guess Rick Root stole the neckbreaker, eh, Danny? Also on the card again, jumping bomb angels over the Glamour Girls. Young Stallions this time, defeating the Conquistadors. It's Coco Beware pinning Iron Mike Sharp with that missile dropkick. And once again, the Killer Bees scoring the win over Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov, the Bolsheviks there in Brooklyn as we roll on to Buffalo, New York, and Memorial Auditorium. Also, February the 2nd, ravishing Rick Root, downing the Junkyard Dog. It's the Ultimate Warrior over the Mighty Hercules. Ken Patera in a question of a partner defeating the team of demolition now is this a guess i have to wonder because kenny's been doing a lot of singles matches against the demos axe or smash on any given night but sometimes also jyd and others have subbed in as well as a partner but here it's ken patera in a question mark scoring a win over demolition which just doesn't make sense with haynes gone i'd have to guess the demos would have went over but we continue on here in Buffalo. Sika, the Wild Samoan, over George Steele on a DQ. It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan scoring a win over the King, Harley Race. Rockdown Morocco picking up a victory over Natural Butch Reed. It's the British Bulldogs over the Islanders. And in the main event of the night, Hacksaw Jim Duggan winning a bunkhouse battle royal, last eliminating both Haku and Tama, the Islanders, simultaneously. Big ups to Hacksaw, who scores another win after the Royal Rumble this time in a bunkhouse battle royal setting as we go on to Muskegon, Michigan at the Walker Arena, February the 4th in front of just 2,500 fans all out to sea, ravishing Rick Rude over the junkyard dog. George Steele this time pinning Sika. It's Demolition Smash defeating Ken Patera. Thanks to outside interference, Mr. Fuji tripping Kenny up on the outside. Now again, that match was originally supposed to be the demos, 
versus Patera and Haynes, but Haynes gone from the company. And like I was talking about, it's Smash pinning Ken Patera here. As we go on, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Downing King, Harley Race, Don Morocco again over Butch Reed, and the British Bulldogs scoring a win over the Islanders. Take that, Bobby Heenan. As we go on to Groton, Connecticut, I hope I pronounced that right, at the Grasso Southeastern Technical School on February the 4th, it's Dan Spivey defeating Outback Jack, Coco Beware over Iron Mike Sharp, the Young Stallions again scoring a win over the Conquistadors, Ladies Tag Team Champions Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls, and again, it's the Killer Bees defeating the Bolsheviks. As we head off now to Market Square Arena, Indianapolis, Indiana, February 5. Yes, guys, it's the main event taping, or actually it aired live. Of course, we know the matches on the program. We talked about it. Strike Force retained their titles over Heart Foundation. Randy Savage defeats the Honky Tonk Man on a countout, which means Honky retains the IC title. And of course, the big one, it was Andre the Giant defeating Hulk Hogan with a little help from uh, a twin Hebner. Andre becoming the new WWF champion and then presenting that title, surrendering the belt to the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Now, we discussed this briefly on the last episode, but I'm going to cover it here again for the house show episode. All of the dark matches that took place as part of that main event airing, and that included Demolition Axe over Ken Patera, Jake the Snake Roberts putting away the King Harley race, Outlaw Ron Bass over Coco Beware, the British Bulldogs again defeating the Islanders, it's Big Jim Duggan over the one-man gang here under his qualification, Rock Down Morocco downing the natural Butch Reed, and the Ultimate Warrior scoring a win over Sika, the Wild Samoan. There's a few matches that I would love to have seen. Jake and Harley Race, don't know if I've ever seen that before. Also, the Warrior and Sika, sounds interesting to say the least. As we roll on to South Bend, Indiana, the Joyce Athletic and Convocation Center, February the 6th, a matinee show. Now, unfortunately, guys, I hate to break it to you, the scheduled matchup between Special Delivery Jones and Tiger Chung Lee was canceled. So WWF having a little mercy there on the fans in South Bend. But on the card, it was Outback Jack over Brian Costello. Sika defeating Jerry Allen. The Young Stallions over the Alaskans. You may be asking, who are the Alaskans, Ray? Well, that was Rick Rinslow and Dave Wagner, who used that team name some, I believe even when they did jobs in the AWA to a degree. But uh, yeah, that's who it is. We've seen them quite a bit over 87 and 80. And we'll see them here in 88 as well. Uh, on WWF TV as preliminary guys. I don't know if they were getting a push or they simply gave them a tag team name to make them sound bigger because they were going to start making the rounds here on the house shows, at least for a little bit, but uh, it doesn't last very long. Nevertheless, for the time being, it's Roma and Powers over Renslow and Wagner, the Alaskans here. As we go on, Jake the Snake Roberts battling Rick Rude to a double countout, Brutus the Barber Beefcake over former partner Greg Valentine, and in the main event of the night, six-man tag team action. Going to see the Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man and the Hart Foundation pick up a victory over the Macho Man Randy Savage and the WWF Tag Team Champions Strike Force. And we're going to see a lot of those six mans upcoming. As we continue on, we're going to have our first sound bites of the day here is uh, we're, we're off to the Boston Garden, Boston, Massachusetts, February 6th, matinee show in front of 15,534 fans, reportedly a sellout here in Boston for the February stop. Televised on the New England Sports Network included Craig DeGeorge and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. And some of the action looks like this. Leaping Lanny Poffo over Terry Gibbs with the moonsault. It's the Rougeau brothers downing the team of Barry Horowitz and Steve Lombardi. Sam Houston scoring a win over Iron Mike Sharp at the Bulldog. Now post-match, Houston attacked by former referee Danny Davis. So that feud still continues. Also on the card here in Boston, it was ladies champion Sensational Sherry. Pinning Rockin' Robin after delivering a splash off the top rope. 
And then we set up for the big match of the night, the main event. Now, remember, the main event usually took place before intermission. So, yes, there's several more matches to come. We'll get into those on the other side of this. But first, listen to this tag team match. Can it get any bigger at this point in time? It's Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow taking on the duo of the new WWF champion, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, and Andre the Giant. Right now, we're going to hear from the heels. Down at the Boston Garden, and what a phenomenal afternoon of World Wrestling Federation action, a matinee, if you will. The Rougeaus are going to be here. Danny Davis, young Sam Houston, all of those superstars are here. The ladies' champ, sensational Sherry, to defend against Rock and Robin. Big one-man gang to go against the unorthodox, unpredictable, squirrely sometimes, George the Animal Steel, Ricky Steamboat, the Dragon, to meet Canadian strongman Dino Bravo, Islanders and Bulldogs, and Virgil. Virgil, last week you didn't tempt me, you're not going to do it this week. Andre the Giant, come on in. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, next Saturday afternoon, the two of you to meet. Bam Bam Bigelow and world champion Hulk Hogan. Who? World champion Hulk Hogan. You're taking a lot for granted, aren't you? As we speak right as now, we have the world champion. As we speak right now. As we speak right now, Hogan, you got to be asking yourself, did I make a mistake? And on February the 6th, I hope he shows up. Oh, he'll, I hope he shows up because after the night of the 5th, he is going to be so totally devastated. <laughs> he's going to have his head in his hands and he's going to be saying, why? Why didn't I take the money? Because it's all going to be gone. The money is going to be in this man's pocket. The belt is going to be about my waist. And what are you going to have left, Hogan? Just all those little Hulkamaniacs out there going, tough luck, big fella. <laughs> Andre, I think less than a year ago, I, I went through this very same thing with you and somebody else, and it never happened. Even though you did promise, it never happened. No, never happened. What never happened? You never became the world champion. <laughs> and then you see the table for us when three. Did you see the match over there? I beat Hulk Hogan in only even two I minutes. I, I was the world champion in only even two minutes. And besides minutes. that, Oakland, who asked you? I had you? a conspiracy with a referee at Jack Tunney. But this time, Hulk Hogan, on the fifth, I was squeezed and squeezed until I get that belt. But I promise you one thing, I'm going to leave a little bit air on you to show up in Boston. Because <laughs> We were finished you in there. Poor little salt All right, right. Add a little injury. Thank you, gentlemen. Next Saturday afternoon, Boston Garden. We've got a 2 p.m. start and a tremendous afternoon. Well, this building's certainly no stranger to champions. The Boston Bruins over the years, the Boston Celtics, the Beanpot winners, and now the latest to hit Boston Garden. He said he would do it, and by golly, he did. He's wearing the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship, certainly in a controversial manner, but Ted DiBiase, you do have the belt. I'm surrounded by controversy all the time, and I've told you people ever since I came here that everybody and everything has a price. And I also said that by hook or by crook, I would get what I want because I always do. And there it is. Take a good, long, hard look at it. Get a close-up of that, cameraman. The World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title firmly around the million-dollar man's waist. And I didn't break a sweat to do it. That's right. Andre the Giant did the dirty work for me. That's not to say that I couldn't have done it myself. I did it to prove that it could be done. And here today, let's get to this issue <laughs> here today, right here on New England in the Sports Boston Network. Garden. We are going to add injury to insult because Hogan. You got to know that Hogan is out of his mind right now. He's going crazy, and he's got Bam Bam Bigelow. And I know what to expect. He's going to come out to that ring like a madman. Well, what's he going to run into? 
he's going to run in to the new world champion and Andre the Giant, who he knows more than once has already defeated him. So like I said, this is just pouring a little salt into the wound that's already freshly opened. <laughs> All right, thank you. Hogan, Coming up next, history. Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow against Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant next on Nesson. And there it is, DiBiase sporting the WWF Championship belt there in the promo. The Million Dollar Man, for the time being, is the WWF Champion, even being announced as such as he enters the ring wearing the title here. In Bizarro World, a lot of people have never seen that, but he does it here in Boston. He'll do it again in Philly. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, but we head to the ring now to see Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow, Oliver Humperdinck in their corner, defeat the team of the WWF champion Ted DiBiase. Wow, feels, feels weird to say that. DiBiase and Andre the Giant here, accompanied by Virgil. Hogan, of course, pinning DiBiase with the leg drop. Andre the Giant, where was he? Caught in the ropes. Where else, guys? As we go on here in Boston, plenty of more action. Also on the card, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat battling Dino Bravo to a double countout. Of course, after the matchup, Bravo challenging Steamer to five more minutes, which the Dragon gladly accepted. So we thought we were about to get a little more action here, but Dino Bravo involved, so I wasn't really super interested in all of that. But it doesn't work out anyway as Bravo and Martin then attacking the Dragon until Dino accidentally nailing his own manager, Frenchie, and Steamboat going to clear the ring from there. Also on the card here in Boston, dangerous Danny Davis over Brady Boone with a bombs away, the flying butt drop off the top rope. And then it's the one-man gang slated to take on George the Animal Steel. And right now standing by, it is the gang with his manager, the Doctor of Style, Slick. All right, folks, stay tuned. More exciting World Wrestling Federation action right around the corner. They're heading in from all parts of New England. Box office is open right now. Down at the Boston Garden, we've got a 2 p.m. start. Bam Bam Bigelow, Hulk Hogan this afternoon to face Andre the Giant, his mentor, manager, Ted DiBiase, will be his partner just a few short hours away at 2 this afternoon here in the Boston Garden. Come on in. The Doctor of Style Slick, welcome back to Boston. Sir, welcome back. You've got a big one coming up this afternoon. One Man Gang and George the Animal Steel meet. That's the best you can do right there, huh? Right here. Give me five. <laughs> the white way, huh? Well. Yeah, yeah, I got it, brother. That's the best you can do because you stuck in them old Caucasian ways of yours. But it's all right. Big man, come on in. Oh, holy Toledo. Take a look. George Steele, take a look, brother. You know, I know you're afraid, and everybody else knows you're afraid of the big 747. Who's? Well, Who's shut the... your mouth, man. Don't you ever start talking about I'm talking. Stuff I may not have signed you Wait a minute. What did I what? lose control here? I, when I came on the set, and don't ever forget that. Now then, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by a bowhead fool. George Steele, I know you're afraid of the big 747, but don't feel bad because everybody else in professional wrestling is too. You understand? And you know, it's time for the big man now. It's time for him to sharpen up on his ways. You know, we had a talk this morning. I told him, brother, Boston is the best place in the world for you to start letting everybody know, daddy, that you are not playing games and that you're here to destroy people. And the big man's going to go out and do exactly that, starting with you, George Steele. All right, I thank you very much, Slick. Offend you, sir. Box office is open right now. All right, so gang sounds ready, as he should be, taking on the animal here. And it is the gang picking up the victory with a knee from behind after the Slickster distracting the animal at the end of this one. And in the final match of the night, looking for more revenge for Matilda, it's the British Bulldogs 
taking on the Islanders, and right now we've got promos from both sides. All right, Boston, World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan returning to Beantown next Saturday afternoon when we come back with a great World Wrestling Federation card February the 6th, Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. Let me run down this card. They're going to bring on the Islanders to talk about that tag team matchup they have against the British Bulldogs. Dangerous Danny Davis also on this card, young Sam Houston and the Rougeau brothers. Ladies title also to be defended by Sensational Sherry, the champion against Rock and Robin. George the Animal Steel, back at Boston to beat the one-man gang. Canada's strongest man, Dino Bravo, certainly supported that this past Sunday. In case you missed it, he set a new unofficial world bench press record, 712 pounds on a bench press. Mm. And he will meet Ricky the Dragon Steamboat next Saturday at the Boston Garden. As we mentioned, Hulk Hogan to team up with Bam Bam Bigelow against Andre the Giant, eighth wonder of the world, and Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Now, that tag team matchup, the British Bulldogs vowing revenge after what has happened to their mascot, Matilda, fortunately the whereabouts now known. And these two men now reinstated after being suspended by President Jack Tunney, but as I point out, revenge on the mind of your opponents. Well, we took the dog because of, for a reason. You know, you don't get into the ring there and look around there, there's a bulldog. You want to fight the British bulldog in the same time, there's a dog sitting there and watching you. Their mascot, right. So we took the, the dog back there and left it right there and that was it. You know, we didn't know what happened to it, it ran away or, you know, whatever happened. And we didn't know after that. Videotape supports the fact that you definitely took the dog from the ring and that's why the bulldogs are holding you two responsible. Like responsible. That's Just right. like my partner said, there was a reason why we took that dog. We were tired of seeing that dumb mutt running everywhere, biting all kind of wrestlers. But we did not steal the dog. British Bulldogs, you ought to, ought to be worried about yourself. Because after we get through with you two, you know what I got planned for you two, like me and my partner said? You two are just another stepping stone. We are going for the tag team belts. Just get out the way, Bulldog, and take that dumb mutt with you. All right, the <laughs> Islanders against the Bulldogs. A lot riding on this one next Saturday on, afternoon. Boston Garden, February 6th at 2 p.m. Don't miss it. All right, Boston, we are all counting down to 2 p.m. this afternoon to the Boston Garden. Another tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. This one long awaited, and the box office is open right now as we speak to you. I can't believe it, but it's going to happen. Bam, bam, Bigelow, Hulk Hogan in tag team action against the twosome of Andre the Giant, eighth wonder of the world, and Andre's mentor, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, this afternoon, 2 p.m. start in the Boston Garden. Davy Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid, come on in, British Bulldogs. Of course, on the shirts we see the massage, a picture of your mascot, Matilda and David. You've got the Islanders this afternoon. Many say they were responsible for her disappearance, but I'm very concerned. How is Matilda doing? Oh, you know what I mean, Gene? She's still very sick. And she's slowly recovering. But after the match this afternoon with the Islanders, what the British Bulldogs are going to do to the Islanders, it's going to take them a lot longer to recover, Mean Gene. Because nobody, nobody in the World Wrestling Federation has ever done such a trick like they did, Mean Gene. They took that dog away from ringside and tried to deny it. They lied to the people. They lied to the British Bulldogs. But no Islanders. No, it's time to pay the price. And you're going to pay it this afternoon in Boston Gardens. All right, revenge. That's going to be the primary thought on your mind, my Kid, when you meet the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Islanders, you made a big mistake when you told Matilda. Yes, it's true, we got Matilda back. She's sick. She's underweight. 
She's terrified of people. I know it's time to pay the price. When you play Islanders, you've got to pay. The Butler's going to go in that square circle this afternoon with you. And we're going to teach you a lesson. I'm telling you right now, if Matilda doesn't get any better, we're going to get worse. And we're going to win that ring with you. And we're going to beat you from pillar to post until Matilda tells us to leave right. alone. The emotions, obviously, running at an all-time high. Accident two in the garden this afternoon. All right, so both teams sound ready. We'll have to find out if the Islanders are going to pay here for what they've done to Matilda or will the Bulldogs have to continue in their pursuit in revenge on the Islanders. As we head to the ring, it is indeed Haku and Tama defeating the British Bulldogs on a disqualification after Dynamite Kid shoving the referee down. The Bulldogs just simply having enough of the cheating ways of the Islanders here. All hell breaks loose. Dynamite Kid, it's a little upset, you might say, shoving the referee down and then going for that invisible dog leash over in the corner, striking the Islanders with it to clear the ring. Thus, the heels will pick up the win, albeit on a DQ. As we roll on later that day, same day, February 6th, same troop out to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the Spectrum in front of 13,000 plus. It's reportedly 13,112 fans out here once again. And this time, of course, the Spectrum show televised on the Prism Network, featuring Dick Graham and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. As we head off to the ring, some similar matches here. Let's look at them anyway. Lanny Poffo over Terry Gibbs once again. It's the gang, again, defeating George the Animal Steel. Ricky Steamboat battling Dino Bravo this time. He gads to a time limit draw. Of course, they do that five more minutes routine once again, but Steamer able to clear the ring. This time, it's Danny Davis in the ring with Sam Houston and Danny scoring the win, reversing a roll-up and grabbing the ropes and tights for additional, additional leverage there. If you're going to cheat, you got to do it all the way, eh, Danny? So Danny Davis picking up the win there over Sam Houston. And once again, the main event here in the spectrum, the same as Boston. It's Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow taking on the team of Andre the Giant and WWF champion Ted DiBiase. And right now, we're going to hear promos from both teams. All right, we're going to be back in the spectrum, Philadelphia, Saturday night, February 6th and 8 p.m. start. From top to bottom, the card is loaded. Young Sam Houston to meet Dangerous Danny Davis. Also, the fabulous Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Raymond, are going to be on the card. Sensational Sherry, the ladies' champ, to be challenged by Rock and Robin. A good looker, by the way, gentlemen. One-man gang to go against George the Animal Steel. The Dragon Ricky Steamboat is back. He's going to be facing former Canadian heavyweight champ Dino Bravo. And the British Bulldogs are going to be going it alone unless something changes between now and February 6th. The Bulldogs will be taking on the Islanders. And no Matilda, the mascot for the Bulldogs, the inspiration, motivation, has not been seen or heard from for a long, long time, at least, as far as I'm concerned. Virgil, come on in. you got to taunt me with those, those big Ben Franklins. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant is the team to meet Bam Bam Bigelow and the world champ, Hulk Hogan. Well, it certainly isn't a secret anymore, is it, Okerlund? <laughs> no, it isn't. That's right. And patience is a virtue. And things come to those who wait. And when you got my kind of money, baby, you can wait a long time. But we're not going to wait a long time, are we, Andre? Uh, no, sir. We're going to start chipping away at you, Hogan, right away. you got to be wringing your hands and got your head down and your hands going, why? Why did I not accept the money? Because I've got foolish pride. Because I care about what all those little kids think of me. Well, where are all those little kids going to be, Hogan? When the belt's gone and your money's gone, are they going to send you a check in the mail? 
No, all I can do is just pat you on the back and say, that's too bad. But not Andre. Andre's going to be set up somewhere high and mighty doing whatever he wants to. <laughs> you know, Andre, I know quite a bit about your background. The last thing in the world you need is more money. I need lots of money. I'm bigger than everybody. Everything is expensive. And it's never your business anyway. How much money, Ted DBS? How much did you pay this man? End the speculation. Well, it's really none of your business, little man. And it's none of your business either out there. But if you really want to know, ask an honest man. Ask Hogan. <laughs> oh, please, give me a break. Thank you, gentlemen. Stupid he is to refuse that money. I take that money, and Hogan, I'll be in the ring against you again. Bam, Bam, Bigelow, and world champ Paul Hogan, Hogan meeting the Million Dollar Man and Andre here on He's Saturday night, the 6th. All right, Philly in a spectrum here in town. Saturday night, February 6th, we've got an 8 p.m. start. And what a tremendous, tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. Sam Houston meets Dangerous Danny Davis. The Rougeaus are on the card. Ladies champs, sensational Sherry. Todd of defense against Rock and Robin. George the Animal Steel to meet the one-man gang. Dino Bravo squares off against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Bad news for the Islanders. They've been reinstated. The bad news... They're going to be facing the British Bulldogs. In light of what's happened, I expect an explosion out of the spectrum on Saturday night, February the 6th. Come on in, Oliver Humperdinck, Bam Bam Bigelow, world champion Hulk Hogan. Their opponents in a tag team matchup will be Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and his latest acquisition, they're even talking about this one on Wall Street, his partner, Andre the Giant. You know there had to be a huge amount of money involved to get that nasty huge. old giant in the corner in Philadelphia at the spectrum. But, brother, you deal with intimidation and you intimidate people. The giant with his sheer size and strength and DiBiase with all that cash. But we will not be intimidated. Big man. Hulk Hogan, I don't know, DiBiase could end up with a tin cup on a corner someplace. We are as one, man. The beast from the East Asbury Park. The brain of the WWF offer, Humperdinck. We breathe the same air. We drink the same sweat to survive. <laughs> And intimidation is a beautiful thing about this whole thing. The man sleeps with his eyes open. What? What? Yeah, he gives you chills, man. It makes you back up a step or two. But the thing that really gives you the chilly willies, man, is when he's talking in his sleep about snapping the million dollar man in half and then taking the 585 pound giant, pressing him over his head, Spinning around about a thousand circles. The thing that intimidates me the most, Philadelphia. What direction, Humper Diggle, do you think you'll throw him in? What is it, Bam Bam? I'm going to throw him on top of Virgil and DiBiase! Yeah! Yeah! Who has one stone? If it goes that way, man, if it goes the way you said, Brain, we'll wipe the giant of the million dollar man out. It's record time. Spectrum, Saturday night, February 6th. All right, and here we go. Main event action is once again Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow, Oliver Humperdinck in their corner, scoring a win over Andre the Giant and the WWF champion, Ted DiBiase, who again comes to ringside wearing that championship belt. Hogan again scoring the win after the big leg drop on the Million Dollar Man. Now, here's what's interesting. Normally, when you go into the intermission after the big main event match, it gives you time to build up and tell the story in case you're coming back with a rematch of sorts for the next show in town, whether it's Boston, Philly, New York City, whatever the case may be. And here they actually announce that on March the 12th, the WWF returning to the spectrum and the main event at this time was slated to see the WWF champion, 
the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, defend his title against the former champion, Hulk Hogan. And since we know what's upcoming, guys, I love the fact that they, they're playing into it like they still presume DiBiase is going to be champion in the month of March. Really good job there, booking-wise, I thought, anyway. As we continue on now, it's the Rougeau brothers, once again, over Lombardi and Horowitz. Ladies champion Sherry here downing Rock and Robin. Then from there, it's Iron Mike Sharp scoring a win. Don't see that too often. Over Brady Boom with a clothesline. Of course, Sharp there using that loaded forearm support. And in the final match of the night, once again, the Islanders scoring a win over the British Bulldogs by disqualification. Dynamite once again tossing down referee Joey Morella and then attacking the heels with that dog leash. You'd think that the Islanders would remember that from earlier in the day. Come on, guys. As we go on February 7th, matinee show in Guelph, Ontario. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Memorial Gardens, Young Stallions over the Alaskans. That's Renslow and Wagner. Brady Boone defeating Steve Lombardi. Ladies champion Sherry over Rock and Robin. Dino Bravo pinning Jimmy Powers. Tito Santana over Sika on a disqualification. Ravishing Rick Rude pinning Paul Roma, subbing in here for Coco Beware. And in the main event, ooh, listen to this one, guys. The Macho Man Randy Savage teaming with former foe Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It's Savage and Steamboat over the Hart Foundation. Macho Man scoring the win here over the Hitman. Bret Hart would love to see that matchup. Hope a handheld's out there somewhere. Keep my fingers crossed on that. As we head off to Cobbleskill, New York at the Bauk Hall Gym. Man, lots of weird names here this week. I apologize, guys. This too, also February the 7th. Now, you've heard of C shows, right, guys? Well, make this one a D show. As on the card, it's Little Coco and Pepe Gomez over at Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo. Midget action there. Also, David San Martino putting the ring against Barry Horowitz. Outback Jack up against Iron Mike Sharp. Special Delivery Jones going one-on-one with luscious Johnny V. Yes, guys, still here for at least another month. And George the Animal Steel, the big main event here, George Steel taking on the outlaw Ron Bass. Now, we don't have results, but I had to read that card out to you. You see what I mean when I said D show? As we roll on to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and the Maple Leaf Gardens, also February 7th, it's the Young Stallions over Wagner and Renslow. Coco Beware defeating Steve Lombardi. Ladies champion Sensational Sherry downing Rock and Robin once again. The Killer Bees battling baby faces Rougeau brothers, so babies versus babies here again. The two teams losing their cool fighting to a double disqualification. Now, it is interesting that the Rougeaus played heel here for this one. They'll be playing heel a whole lot more later in the year of 88. Also here in Toronto, Dino Bravo over Brady Boone, tag team champion Tito Santana, putting down ravishing Rick Rude. Wow. Coco Beware over Sika. And in six-man tag team action to close the night, oh my gosh, Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat, and Hacksaw Duggan picking up a victory over the Honky Tonk Man and the Hart Foundation. This instance, it's Duggan pinning the hitman. So Bret Hart, don't let it be said, he wouldn't do a job, at least back in the 80s. And very interesting for the last few shows, Tito Santana going at it alone here. He's usually in the main event with Rick Martell and Randy Savage. We'll see that upcoming in February and even some of March. But interestingly enough, Rick Martell missing an action. So you have to think an injury involved here with Martell, albeit minor. As we roll on to Clinton, New York and the Clinton Arena in front of just 450 fans. Well, let's check the card out. David Sammartino over Barry Horowitz. Luscious Johnny V scoring a win over George Scotland, son of Arnold Scotland. Scotland here subbing in for SD Jones. It's Outback Jack over Iron Mike Sharp. George Steele defeating Ron Bass on a DQ. Jerry Allen going at it and scoring a win this time around. Jerry Allen picking up a victory over 
luscious Johnny V, who's doing double duty here tonight. JV subbing for it, Tiger Chung Lee. Also, midget tag team match. Once again, Little Coco, Pepe Gomez over Little Brook in Little Tokyo. And the Killer Bees scoring the victory over the Bolsheviks. 450 fans. You can do better than that. As we roll on, guys, it's West Cope Loop time. And a lot of these shows, pretty much identical. So we're going to run through them all, all at the same time. It's February 7th in San Diego at the Sports Arena. February the 8th in L.A. at the Sports Arena in front of only 3,000 fans. February 9th in Fresno, California, Selland Arena. And February the 10th, Sacramento, California at the Arco Arena. Now, most nights we're going to see action like this. It's going to go Scott Casey over Terry Gibbs, Sam Houston defeating Danny Davis. It's the one-man gang over Jake Roberts on a countout. Women's tag team champion Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. Ted DiBiase pinning Bam Bam Bigelow after Virgil nailing Bigelow with the world title belt. DiBiase still built here in California for the week following the main event as the WWF champion here in the California Loop. And uh, this matchup where Bigelow does the pinfall job specifically, I I believe this might be the first time we've seen Bigelow pinned in the WWF. If not, it's one of the very first times for sure. Now, there is more on the card. It's Dan Spivey most of the nights over Lanny Poffo, Brutus Beefcake scoring a win over former partner Greg Valentine, and the Islanders continue to defeat the British Bulldogs on a disqualification. Now, the only difference between these four house shows is the show in San Diego which sees some of the matches flipped around. Either the the talent was flipped around on the preliminaries or the finishes were switched around. And uh, they look like this here in San Diego. Lanny Poffo over Terry Gibbs. Dan Spivey defeating Scott Casey. Now, in the other three towns where Beefcake goes over on Valentine, here in San Diego, it's the Hammer scoring the win over the Barber on a countout. And that's it. Pretty much all the differences there in San Diego as we roll on to Montreal, Canada, Montreal, Quebec, and the Forum. On February the 8th, in front of, wow, 18,373 fans. Way to go, Montreal. And in order to honor all of the fans that came out that day for all of this action, we're going to listen to a slew of promos here, guys. Got a ton of them lined up, pretty much for every match on the card. Now, originally slated for this event, it was the Young Stallions to take on the Alaskans, Wagner and Rinslow. And I actually have a promo lined up, a soundbite lined up with the Young Stallions talking about the matchup against these Alaskans. Now, unfortunately, the matchup canceled. Doesn't happen. And it's right around this time the Alaskans yank back off the house show circuit. Nevertheless, we're going to go to a Young Stallions promo here in just a bit for historical purposes. Also on the card, the Rougeau brothers downing the team of the Conquistadors. Dino Bravo going to be taking on the Rock Down Morocco. Tito Santana going up against Ravishing Rick Rude. The Birdman, Coco Beware, taking on Sika, the Wild Samoan. Ladies champion, Sensational Sherry, will defend against Rock and Robin. And in the main event, six-man action like you've never seen before, it's the Mega Powers. Hulk Hogan teaming with the Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Wow, talk about a trio. Does it get any bigger than that in this time frame? It's Savage, Hogan, and Steamer taking on the trio of the Hart Foundation and the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man. Is right now, guys, we go, like I said, to a slew of promos for this show, including the Young Stallions, the Rock Down Morocco, Ravishing Rick Rude, Tito Santana, Mr. Fuji cutting a promo for Sika. We're also going to hear from the women's champion, Sensational Sherry. Plus, from there, it's promos from the Hart Foundation, Andre the Giant and the Honky Tonk Man, as well as that awesome trio of Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, and the Dragon. I'll see you guys back here on the other side. 
Paul, Roma, hey, Jim Powers, the young stallions. Well, how does it feel to be back to Montreal in a cold temperature? Oh, that doesn't bother us. We're, we love Montreal. Montreal's a great place. We love being back here. And uh, who do we have? The, the Eskimos. The Alaskans. Oh, the Alaskans. Yeah. The Alaskans. Well, they must be ready for this kind of weather. Yeah, huh? because they're, they come yeah. from up north. We're ready for them. We don't know what they're all about, but we're ready for them. Is that right, Jim? That's right. They're, these guys are a new tag team. We don't know too much about them, but we've gotten in the ring before with new tag teams. They're and tough. We, yeah, they're big guys. I've seen pictures of them. We have, like I said, they're relatively new. We haven't seen too much, too much uh, wrestling films on them, but we've gotten in there before with many a new tag team, and we've fared very well. So we're looking forward to coming to Montreal and taking on the Alaskans. Look out, Alaskans! Alors, mesdames, messieurs, ils sont prêts parce qu'ils les connaissent pas bien gros les Alaskans comme les appellent, mais ils s'en occuperont, c'est promis. Au Forum de Montréal, soyez-y, mesdames, messieurs. Don de Rock Morocco, match revanche face au Montréalais Dino Bravo. You know, Dino Bravo, I made two mistakes with you, and I don't admit that very often. The first one is, I didn't realize your conversion was so complete to the dark side. Justement, jusqu'où était rendu Bravo du côté noir, ce qu'on appelle le dark side? Secondly, secondly, I forgot what a slime bag you have for a manager in that Frenchie Martin, and I forgot that he knows his way around the people in Quebec, and he knows he is from Canada. But the superstar, Billy Graham, a very close personal friend of mine, has seen fit to join me in Montreal Forum on the 8th of February. A night of spectaculous, a night of all nights, and Dino Bravo, Canadians, Canada's finest hero. I got a man for you, the superstar. Coming back to your hometown, February 8th, Dino Bravo. We're going to do it all over again till we get it right this time. Yeah. Forest Tito Santana. Bonjour. Bonjour. This is going good now, the French lessons. It sure is. You know, it won't be uh, easy against the guy who says he's got the greatest body. Well, uh, you know, uh, Jesse the body gave him the award and told him, Rick Rude, you are the man with the best body in the world. Not only wrestlers in the world, they say. Now Rick Root says, I'm going to have Tito Santana right there in Montreal. I'm going to go right past to him, to Hulk Hogan. No one is stopping me. Then he says, also, hard foundation. Just sit back, relax, and sooner or later, the belt will be going around your waist because when he gets through with me, the strike force will not be able to defend the belts. Strike foundation, don't worry about strike force not being able to defend, defend the titles. And you, Rick Rude, you know, I see things a little different. This is a big match not only for you and I. You know, nobody in the World Wrestling Federation has ever held the World Tag Team Belts and the Intercontinental title. A victory against Rick Rude, I guarantee you, will put me the number one contender for the Intercontinental Belt. So this match is important for you and myself, Rick Rude, and be ready for one hell of a fight because I'm not taking anything away from you, Rick Rude. I'll be ready for you. Rick Rude, the people here in Montreal know what I can do as a single. They've seen me many times. You're a little relaxed. Well, when we step into the ring, be ready for one hell of a fight. Monday night in the Montreal Forum, the Strike Force reign as champions comes to an end. Tito Santana has to face ravishing Rick Rude one-on-one. -on -one. Martel, you can't defend the belts alone. So, catcher de qualité, s'agit de ravishing Rick Rude. Welcome back to Montreal, my friend. The winner of the Best Body Award. Did you tell the people that? You know, I'm going to ease into Montreal with one purpose in mind, and that is Tito Santana.
Now, we all know that Tito Santana specializes in tag team wrestling. He's one half of the world champions. Well, Martel ain't going to be there to help you out, Santana. You're going to have to lock horns with me one-on-one, -on -one, and I know you're not man enough to take me down. Say, do you celebrate uh, Valentine's Day there in uh, sure, Montreal? Sure, it's, it's for lovers. La, la journée de Saint-Valentin, c'est pour les amoureux. Well, I'd like to send a little treat out to all the French ladies right now. I want to help you celebrate Valentine's Day in the ravishing way. Pour vous, mesdemoiselles, pour la Saint-Valentin, il vous donne son corps. You told me earlier, recruit, that uh, you could, you know, really get those ladies warmed up at the Montreal Forum. Well, all you have to do, little man, is show up at the Forum and witness it yourself. I do have a way of making the ladies a little weak at the knees. Now, what about this match against Tito Santana? You know, what we have here when we're dealing with Tito Santana is a very, very greedy man. We all know he's won half of the world tag team champions already. But what you're doing, Santana, is you're taking on too much too soon. You see, when you lock horns with Ravishing Rick Rude, well, you're not dealing with the tag team situation. So I'm going to have to say right up front, I'm sorry, Rick Martell. I'm sorry that I'm going to cost you your tag team titles because after this match, Santana won't be able to compete anymore. De l'autre côté, Sika le Terrible, et j'ai justement le gérant, M. Fuji. Je vais demander où est son nom. Where, where's your man? Where's Sika? Sika is now in the jungle looking for parrots. Because all he's going to do is twist the neck of Frankie the bird and eat him alive. Eat him alive? Yes. That's why Sika is not here. Because I, Mr. Fuji, told Sika, look for as many parrots as possible. So I want you to tear them apart, pull the feathers one at a time, and make them suffer like you, Coco. You will be suffering at the end of Sika. Suffer, mesdames, messieurs, c'est le mot souffrance. And I will prove to you, and Sika will prove to you, Coco, that he has a harder head than you have, and he'll split your head in 20 different ways. Defend cette ceinture face à Rockin' Robin. So you're gonna defend that title, Sherry, at the Montreal Forum. Yes, I am. Montreal, you are in for the treat of your life. Robin, you're going to try to take this from me. You weren't able to do it the first time or the second time you wrestled me. So what makes you think that you're so good and so deserving of another title shot? Well, let me tell you, Miss Robin, I'm going to show you exactly why in Montreal they call me the sensational one. I'm going to show you what makes me better than you or anyone else. I am going to show you, Rockin' Robin, what makes a sensational champion. Bah, mesdames et messieurs, ça fait vraiment plaisir de revenir à Montréal. Non seulement le plaisir d'arriver avec mes amis, mais de revoir Hogan et de lui faire peur encore une fois. Et Hulk Hogan, le grand champion du monde. De l'autre côté, ces messieurs, vous avez reconnu sans doute Honky Tonk Man, le champion intercontinental. On a également le Hard Foundation et Jimmy Hart, sans oublier bien sûr dans le coin... André Le Géant. That's right, the eighth wonder of the world, André the Giant, the foundation, and the hockey talk man. We will be ready. Moi, je dirais une chose, si je viens ici... Grand bonhomme. Ricky Steamboat, yeah. tu sais à qui il ressemble pour moi? Non. Il ressemble à Little Beaver. <laughs> That's right. Alors, mesdames, messieurs, comme vous voyez, justement, face à 
Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Randy Macho Man Savage et Hulk Hogan. Et n'oubliez pas. Oh yeah, the Montreal Forum will never be the same. The Montreal Forum, six-man tag, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage, Hulkamania, Hockey Talk Man, The Hearts, Andre the Giant. Yeah! De l'autre côté, vos favoris, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Randy Macho Man Savage et le grand champion Hulk Hogan. Well, you know, we're right on the break of another international crisis, man. You know, what do you think about the long-range missiles, the explosions that could have happened with Russia and the United States? This is nothing compared to the Macho Madness, Hulkamania, and the new power that the Dragon has taught us, man. It's like all the long-range missiles exploding at the same time. You know the smallest flame can burn the biggest man. A message to you, Andre. The dragon's on fire, 1988. Randy. Andre the giant on the outside of the ring, Hulk Hogan, yeah. The intimidation factor is evident. Yeah, but you're talking about the wildest six-man tag team ever in the history of the Montreal Forum. And I'm talking history, history. WrestleMania 3 lurking in the shadows. Hulk Hogan, yeah, Hulkamania, Macho Madness, and the Dragon all at the same time. Being led down the aisle by Elizabeth, yeah. Uh-huh. Take, take us all the way, take us all the way to the end of the rainbow. And that's the Montreal Forum and that rainbow and it's pot of gold. I'm pointing at you, Honky Tonk, man. I'm sorry, man, but I it's that way. I remember it well. Alors, mesdames, messieurs, ce que le macho man était en train de nous expliquer... Man. What's so beautiful about the whole thing, Pee-wee, is the fact we all have a reason for being there. Andre the Giant, I'm going to turn you into a positive man. When these two guys get done with their mission, the giant will charge. All I'm worried about is just save a little bit for me of those three guys. Just a little bit. Yeah. Alors, mesdames, messieurs, le champion du monde qui demande à ses alliés de lui laisser un petit peu pour le géant. Wow. Did you not get your fill of localized promos this week? What a group of promos as we head into the show here in Montreal. The only matchup that doesn't get any promo time is surprisingly the Rougeau brothers who are from Montreal. So I'm sure we got some likely all in French and I, I simply didn't have them here, but it is the Rougeaus, as I said, scoring a win over the Conquistadors in the opener. Dino Bravo picking up a victory here over the Rock Down Morocco. Of course, we're in Montreal, so why not? Also, Tito Santana defeating... Ravishing Rick Rude, unbelievable. Birdman Coco Beware scoring a win over Sika, the Wild Samoan. WWF Ladies Champion Sherry will retain over Rock and Robin. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Ricky Steamboat scoring a win over the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation when Savage gets the pin over Honky Tonk after the flying elbow. How kind of you, Hulk, to allow someone else to pick up the victory here as we roll on to New Haven, Connecticut. The Coliseum, February the 9th, 4,300 fans out to see Paul Roma over Steve Lombardi. Ladies champion Sherry pin Rock and Robin. It's SD Jones over Sika. Brady Boone defeating luscious Johnny V. Ravishing Rick Rude over Coco Beware. The Rougeau brothers picking up a victory over the Conquistador number one. That's Jose Luis Rivera. His partner here, Mario Mancini, who is subbing for Jose Estrada, the other Conquistador, who is missing in action here just for a little bit here. 
in the month of February. Also on the card in New Haven, it's Dino Bravo over Hillbilly Jim and six-man tag team action. Rick Martell back as Strike Force and Randy Savage picking up a victory over the hitman Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, and the Honky Tonk Man, but this time inside a steel cage. And we'll see more of that going forward. As it's off to Kingston, Pennsylvania, Bishop O'Reilly High School Gym, February the 9th. Jerry Allen over at George Scollin, David Sammartino pinning Barry Horowitz. Outlaw Ron Bass over at George Steele on a disqualification. Now, it's kind of interesting. Superstar Graham was announced as the referee for this bass Steel match, but unfortunately does not make it here to Kingston. Also on the card, the Midgets. Midget tag team action, Little Coco, Pepe Gomez over Little Brook and Little Tokyo. It's Outback Jack over Iron Mike Sharp. So Outback still picking up some wins here on his way out the door. And the Killer Bees once again scoring the win over the Bolsheviks. And the special guest referee for this one, are you ready for this? George the Animal Steel, refing a Killer Bees and Bolsheviks match. Sometimes you just want to see things to see them. As we roll on to Poughkeepsie, New York, Mid-Hudson Civic Center. There's a familiar place. February the 10th, Ladies Champion Sherry over Rockin' Robin. The Rujos again over Conquistador number 1, Jose Luis Rivera, and Mario Mancini. So Jose Estrada still out for the time being. It's Brady Boone defeating luscious Johnny V, ravishing Rick Rude over Paul Roma. Dino Bravo defeating Hillbilly Jim. And once again, Strike Force and Randy Savage over the Honky Tonk Man and Heart Foundation inside a steel cage. Now up next, February 10th, the WWF was headed to Binghamton, New York at the Broome County Arena. Now that show was canceled. And I'm not sure if that had to do with inclement weather or more than likely slow ticket sales. We see that from time to time here at this point in time in the winter. As we roll on to the WWF in Lake Placid, New York, Olympic Center, February the 11th, SD Jones over Gino Carabello, Brady Boone defeating luscious Johnny V, Dino Bravo over Hillbilly Jim, Ladies Champion Sherry continues to defeat Rock and Robin, it's Rick Rude over Paul Roma, the Rougeau brothers this time defeating the Conquistador and Richard Charlin stepping in here, heading down from Canada just across the border here at Lake Placid. Also on the card, Jimmy Powers defeating Steve Lombardi and Randy Savage and Strike Force again, getting the win inside the cage over the Honky Tonk Man and the Hart Foundation. As we roll on to the WWF in Martinsburg, West Virginia at the High School Fieldhouse. And here in Martinsburg, February the 11th, Little Coco, Pepe Gomez over Little Brook and Little Tokyo, David Sammartino defeating Barry Horowitz, Jerry Allen over at George Scotland, Outback Jack defeating Iron Mike Sharp. It's George the Animal Steel and Ron Bass in action, no doubt. Another disqualification there. And the Killer Bees scoring a win over the Bolsheviks. These may be the weakest C-team events I may have ever seen. As uh, we continue on, the WWF in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Allen War County Memorial Coliseum. February the 12th, going to see Scott Casey over Terry Gibbs. Danny Spivey downing Lanny Poffo. It's Brutus Beefcake over Greg Valentine. Demolition Smash scoring a win over Ken Patera. The Killer Bees defeating the Conquistadors. So welcome back, Jose Estrada. And thank God the Bees getting different opponents than the Bolsheviks for once here in February. Sam Houston from there scoring a win over Danny Davis. Outlaw Ron Bass picking up a victory over JYD. And the Million Dollar Man defeating Bam Bam Bigelow on a countout. As we continue on, Springfield, Massachusetts at the Civic Center. February the 13th, matinee show in front of 4,500 fans to see Steve Lombardi over Brady Boone. George Steele defeats Sika on a disqualification. Match only goes about two minutes. Ladies champion Sherry over Rockin' Robin. Rick Rude battling Ricky Steamboat to a double count out there. Also on the card, Dino Bravo over Coco Beware. The Bolsheviks 
finally picking up a victory over the Rougeau brothers. So if you wonder where the Rougeaus are on the card, well, the Bees have been defeating the Bolsheviks, but now the Bolsheviks are defeating the Rougeau brothers. Doesn't say much for Jacques and Ramon. Hopefully they come up with something for that duo for the year is over. Also on the card, the Rock Don Morocco pinning Natural Butch Reed and the Macho Man, once again teaming with Strike Force to pick up another Steel Cage win over the Heart Foundation and Honky Tonk Man. As it's off to Minneapolis, Minnesota and the Met Center on February the 13th, another matinee show in front of 7,064 fans. This show was built as a Twin Cities tribute and farewell to one Mad Dog Vashon, and it featured Mean Gene Oakland as guest host, while Minnesota Vikings Dave Huffman acted as the guest ring announcer here. And on the card here in Minneapolis, it was Scott Casey over Terry Gibbs, Dan Spivey downing Lanny Poffo, Brutus Beefcake over Greg Valentine. It was Ken Patera with The Crusher. The Crusher shows up for the event. Kenny Patera, former AWA guy as well, with The Crusher in his corner. Patera scoring a win here over Demolition Axe. Also on the card, the Killer Bees over the Conquistadors. Danny Davis pinning Sam Houston. It's Ron Bass battling JYD to a double disqualification. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow accompanied to the ring by Mad Dog Vashon. Wow, what a farewell. Mad Dog in the corner of the Hulkster and Bammer here as they pick up a victory over Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase once again. Hogan scoring the win with the big leg drop over the Million Dollar Man. As up next, it's off to Landover, Maryland and the Cap Center. February the 13th, Brady Boone over Steve Lombardi, George Steele to a double disqualification with Sika here. It's Butch Reed for once, scoring a win over the Rock Don Morocco. Coco Beware over Dino Bravo. Ricky Steamboat again battling Rick Rude, this time to a double countout. Ladies champion Sherry over Rock and Robin. The Bolsheviks again pick up another win over the Rougeau, so it wasn't a fluke. And in the main event, Regular six-man action, going to see Randy Savage and Strikeforce down the team of the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation. It's up next, it's off to Erie, Pennsylvania and the Civic Center. February the 13th, going to see Bad News Brown in action here, picking up a victory over Jerry Allen. It's also Ladies Champion Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. The Young Stallions defeating Luscious Johnny V and Barry Horowitz. Hacksaw Jim Duggan over King Harley Race. Also on the card, Jake the Snake Roberts against the one-man gang. The Ultimate Warrior taking on Hercules and the British Bulldogs in tag team action against the Islanders there. Sadly, no results for those final three matches, though you may be able to figure it out as the month goes on. As we're off now to Winnipeg, Manitoba, the old Winnipeg Arena. Legendary Winnipeg Arena, February the 13th. Again, another tribute to Mad Dog Vashon as they continue to make the loop. And it's going to see several AWA stalwarts here, including Blackjack Lanza, who already works as an agent for Vince. Also here, Wally Carbo, The Crusher again, and Nick Bockwinkle, who's also now employed by the WWF by this point. But everybody's showing up there in Winnipeg to pay their respects to the Mad Dog's career. As uh, we see in action in the ring, Scott Casey over Terry Gibbs, Junkyard Dog over Ron Bass on a DQ, Danny Davis pinning Sam Houston. It's Dan Spivey continuing to down Lanny Poffo each and every night here. The Killer Bees scoring a victory over the Conquistadors. Brutus Beefcake over Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh-oh, looks like Patera finally found himself a partner. Or make that two partners. Ken Patera in six-man action. Going to team with the Junkyard Dog. Now the dog in here replacing Billy Jack Haynes. But that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is their third partner, who just happens to be the Crusher. Yes, indeed, it's Ken Patera, JYD, and the Crusher. Scoring a win 
over Mr. Fuji and his demolition. Patera defeating Mr. Fuji in this matchup. Also, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase no longer the champion here. Stay tuned for TV next week, guys. DiBiase picking up a victory here over Bam Bam Bigelow on a countout. As we continue on to a pair of shows, February 14th and 15th, the first taking place in Pontiac, Michigan at the familiar Silverdome. It wasn't but just under a year ago, WrestleMania 3 coming to you 93,000 plus or whatever you want to call it melts. But it was stacked. It was packed out there to witness WrestleMania 3 here just a house show. Why are they doing house shows in a venue this size? I guess just to cash in off of the familiarity of WrestleMania 3. It's my only guess. Or maybe they signed some sort of a, a deal. Not really sure here, but they are back at the Silverdome here on February 14th, and then it's off to the Rosemont Horizon, suburban Chicago, Illinois, on the 15th. Now, interestingly, the Silverdome packs in 12,000, which isn't bad in a normal arena, but of course, it's the Silverdome. And uh, both nights going to see the same results. Steve Lombardi over Brady Boone, Outback Jack over Iron Mike Sharp. It's the Bolsheviks over the Rougeos, Coco Beware defeating Dino Bravo on a DQ. Ladies Tag Team Champion Bomb Angels over Glamour Girls. Ricky Steamboat battling Rick Rude to a double countout. Brutus Beefcake over Greg the Hammer Valentine. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow picking up another win over Andre the Giant. And Ted DiBiase as the Million Dollar Man continues to fall victim to the leg drop each and every time out. Now, I see why the main event brought in the 12,000. The rest of the card, not so much. Now, also on February the 14th, we head off to Altoona, Pennsylvania at the old Jaffa Mosque. Bad News Brown over Jerry Allen. Young Stallions defeating Johnny V and Barry Horowitz. George Steele and Sika in action here. Ladies Champion Sherry over Rock and Robin. And uh, more of the same, again, no results here for some of these matchups. Bulldogs and Islanders, Jake and the gang, and Ultimate Warrior and Hercules. Eventually, guys, I'm sure we're going to get into results for those matchups. But for now, I'm sorry, I just don't, I don't have them. As we continue on, February the 15th, Omaha, Nebraska Civic Center in front of 4,158 fans included a tribute once again to Mad Dog Vashon here on the card as we see Scott Casey over Terry Gibbs, Dan Spivey defeat Leaping Lanny Poffo, Hacksaw Jim Duggan over the King Harley Race, and whoa, listen to this, the Conquistadors defeating the Killer Bees here in Omaha. The Conquistadors switching places, the old switcheroo, the mask gimmick. Would have loved to have seen this on TV, the Bees doing it in return and picking up the win. That would have been fun on a Saturday night's main event. Now, there's a reason, though, why the Conquistadors go over here, guys, and that's because coming out of the main event, February 5th, Earl Hebner is the referee here, Evil Earl. Evil Earl Hebner, guys, as he's going to continue the role here, at least for the short term in the house shows, as a heel referee for this matchup. So we thought we got Dave, but no, turns out it was Earl. And the Killer Bee is getting a screw job there. Now, also on the card in Omaha, it was IC champion Hockey Talk Man in the Heart Foundation finally picking up a victory over Randy Savage and Strike Force. This time around, it was an elimination matchup. And the eliminations looked like this. Martell and Jim Neidhart both countered out early in the matchup. Then it was the Hitman over Tito Santana, leaving it two-on-one, Bret Hart and Honky Tonk, until Honky was disqualified for hitting the referee here. So down goes the referee. When a new referee runs out in the form of, quote-unquote, Dave Hebner, but eventually the Macho Man is counted out of the ring, loses the matchup after continuous interference from Jim Neidhart and Honky Tonk Man and this referee, and it was blatant. Interference guys and the referee refusing to call the disqualification there until Savage eventually winds up countered out of the match. Now the referee, of course it wasn't Dave Hebner. Once again, the evil Earl getting involved in this one. So interesting play here on the house shows. 
I get it for TV angles. I don't know how well that's going to go over with the house show fans who come out to see a good main event. Now, also on the card in Omaha, it was Sam Houston over Danny Davis. Ken Patera, again, teaming with the Crusher over Demolition on a disqualification. Mr. Fuji caught interfering here, attacking the Crusher. And to close out the night, it was Outlaw Ron Bass pinning the Junkyard Dog as we continue on to Kirksville, Missouri at the Pershing Arena. It's the WWF's first show ever in Kirksville. Now, we don't have results for this show, so we're not going to go too deep into this, but thought it was important to point out a new town, the WWF picking up on their tour. As we continue on to Wichita, Kansas, in the Kansas Coliseum, February the 16th, in front of 10,000 fans, out for a Superstars taping. Now, we won't talk about all the upcoming matches that will be airing on television, but we will look at some of the dark matches and some of the bonus matches that will air on the secondary shows like Primetime and All-American. And right out of the gate, it's Rock and Robin scoring a win over the Sensational Sherry in a non-title matchup that's going to air here later in February on Primetime. Also. On the February 29th primetime, we're going to see the Rougeau brothers over those Alaskans. Here, simply just Rick Rinslow and Dave Wagner. On the March 7th primetime, we'll be seeing this matchup of Demolition, scoring a win over the Young Stallions. So Demo's getting ready for WrestleMania. From there, wow, lots of primetime tapings here on the Superstars taping. as uh, We have three matches scheduled to air March the 14th primetime wrestling. Or excuse me, three segments. Uh, two matches, going to see Coco Beware over Terry Gibbs and the Young Stallions defeating Barry Horowitz and Steve Lombardi, but also Craig DeGeorge conducting an interview with Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Mighty Hercules as they talk about their upcoming WrestleMania 4 matchup. And I won't spoil that for you yet here, guys, as we continue on the same day as the Superstars taping. We've never seen that before. The WWF in Collinsville, Illinois at the Collinsville High School. Just 1,200 fans out to see Dan Spivey over Outback Jack. Junkyard Dog, Pensica. The Midgets once again in action. Little Coco, Pepe Gomez over at Little Brook and Little Tokyo. Junkyard Dog again back in the ring, this time teaming with Ken Patera over the Conquistadors. It's the Killer Bees downing the Bolsheviks. Sam Houston over at Dangerous Danny Davis. Ladies Tag Team Champion Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. And the Killer Bees going to co-win a 13-man battle royal to close the night. So... When you look at the names from top to bottom, it doesn't say a whole lot for these guys who weren't needed for one of the last TV tapings heading in to WrestleMania. Though I get it, I don't believe anybody on this card goes any higher than the Battle Royal on the pay-per-view. Some don't even make it at all. As we head off to Wrestling Challenge tapings in Topeka, Kansas at the Expo Center, February the 17th in front of a sellout crowd. Several more matches going to be recorded here for Primetime Wrestling. First, February the 29th, airtime, going to see Ravishing Rick Root, Bobby Heenan in his corner, picking up a victory over the Birdman, Coco Beware, on a countout. Coco chasing Heenan backstage after Bobby tries to steal Frankie the Parrot. But Coco will return ringside with Frankie and clear the ring of the Ravishing One. Now, several matches slated air on, on March the 7th, primetime wrestling, including Hercules over Jerry Allen, Scott Casey pinning Barry Horowitz, and Bad News Brown scoring a win over Jon Stewart. Now, also recorded as part of the Expo Center tapings here for Wrestling Challenge was for the Canadian version, which featured French commentary up in the Montreal area. And while we here in the States are familiar with Piper's Pit, the Brother Love Show, etc., etc., they actually ran talk show segments in French, and they were hosted by who else but Frenchie Martin, the painter. And of course, his segment, Le Studio, yes, the painting studio of one Frenchie Martin as he interviewed Jake the Snake Roberts. And during that segment, it was Jake mentioning Dino Bravo's bench press record 
and his failure at the Royal Rumble. Now, I don't know if that's leading to something here in the Montreal markets. We'll have to wait and see between Jake and Dino Bravo or not. As we move on to East Rutherford, New Jersey, in the Meadowlands, February the 18th, in front of 16,000. Going to see the return of the Iron Sheik. Yalla, mother of the fuck. The Iron Sheik are back. Son of a bitch. Jabroni, punk-ass bitch. Hulk Hogan. It's Iron Sheiky, baby, over Special Delivery Jones. Sheik's return. Also, Sika, the Wild Samoan, defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo. So, Poffo getting a break from Dan Spivey. Also on the card, Ultimate Warrior battling Hercules to a double disqualification. Rock Don Morocco battling Dino Bravo to a double countout. Outlaw Ron Bass pinning the Junkyard Dog. King Harley Race over Outback Jack. Would have loved to see Harley get in the ring with Outback. Also on the card, going to be Jim Duggan and Kim Patera going into a handicap match. It's three on two. Duggan and Patera taking on Demolition and Mr. Fuji. And then from there, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, also slated to take on former partner Greg the Hammer Valentine here in the Meadowlands. And right now, we've got promos lined up for both of those matches. First, we're going to hear from Demolition, and then it's off to the Barber, followed by Greg Valentine. All right, get ready. We're going to be back at the Meadowlands Sports Arena Thursday night, February the 18th. Tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. King Hardy Race will be there. The Ultimate Warrior to meet the Mighty Hercules. Morocco and Bravo. That should be a knockdown dragout. In a return from the Garden, Brutus the Barber Beefcake to meet Greg the Hammer Valentine. Title for title, ladies and gentlemen. World champion Hulk Hogan to meet Intercontinental champ, the Honky Tonk Man. More on that. Over the next few weeks, come on in, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji, you're going to be teaming up with your men. You're actually going to be a partner for Axe and Smash. The Demolition landed a six-man tag. They meet Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Ken Patera, and Billy Jack Haynes. The reason I'm in ring, I will mastermind the Demolition, and I will give strict orders to tear them apart limb by limb. <laughs> that is not uh, the greatest thought I've ever heard of, especially at this time of the year. Your thoughts on this one, Smash? Well, whatever Master Fuji says goes. If he says break an arm, we'll break an arm. If he says put another knot on the side of Patera's head, we will. In fact, last time, Patera and Haynes, it seems like we put quite a few knots on your head. Every time you look in the mirror, you think of demolition. So what'd you do? You went out and got the big man with a two-by-four. Well, bring him to the ring because Master Fuji just uh, might break that board over your head. I'd like to know what kind of books you three people read. Don't worry about it, Howard. Somebody better try and smarten up this Dumbo Duggan. Because I don't think that Patera and Billy Jack Hayes told you what you're involved in. Now, for many, many months, Master Fuji has been prying and trying to get in the ring. And we've held him back because he's, he's very angry, very upset. But now we're going to let him come in the ring. And all he has to do is grab any part of one of those three Dumbos and tear it out. What? Because I'll tell you what we're going to do to you, Duggan. We're going to save you the last. Because you're not used to what we've been dishing out here. I, I know what you've been dishing out, Mr. Foot. You sit back here chuckling constantly. You love it, don't you? I love it. And you, Hacksaw... You're going to see what's going to happen. All right, get ready for the Meadowlands. Thursday night, February the 18th, big six-man tag. All right, a title-for-title matchup. Headlines are our next great card at the Meadowlands on Thursday, February 18th. More on that one in a moment. Great card as well. Let me run down some of the matches. Then we'll bring on the barber, Brutus Beefcake. He will meet the hammer. Greg Valentine, big return from MSG. Jake, uh, Junkyard Dog 
And outlaw Ron Bass, Canada's strongest man on the card, Gino Bravo, as he takes on the rock, Don Morocco. Hercules, speaking of strong men, will meet another big and tough guy, the ultimate warrior, also Outback Jack, King Harley Race, big six-man tag, Axar Jim Duggan, and uh, Ken Patera, Billy Jack Haynes, that team, against Mr. Fuji and his demolition, Axis Smash. Now, the title for title matchup, Intercontinental Champ, Honky Tonk Man, against the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, which of course means the winner will have two belts, two belts to take home. On Thursday, February 18th, the Barber Brutus Beefcake, back in East Rutherford, big return, and you will take on your former tag team partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Mm -hmm. That's right, baby. That's right. And I want everybody to get a close look at what I got here. What's you know, you can get one of these at the arena. And this is just to make sure <laughs> that we got the edge, because we're going to out shout the mouth right out of the south. That's 15,000 screaming with that thing. <laughs> we're going to shout him right out oh, of the arena. But well, let's get down to business. After Madison Square Garden. Yo, New York City, man. These people do not take things lightly, and nor do I, Greg. The Hammer Valentine. Because now I got a shot in the Meadowlands. Now I got a chance, man. Now I got a chance to put you to sleep. And to do some real damage, Greg. Because, you know, I found that putting knots on your big fat head hasn't done much good. Because, you know. Greg can take a lot of punishment. The hammer, they don't call him the hammer or nothing. You can beat on this guy forever. You're never going to hurt him. But I thought to myself for a long time, how could I, what could I do? How can I get some satisfaction out of this? Maybe I can take that blonde hair he's so proud of and snip it off right to the floor and throw it to all the people. You didn't have to look very far for that. When everybody was laughing at you, Greg, wherever you went. Maybe then they're laughing. That's when you're going to get so mad that you're going to leave forever. Think about All that. right, Bob, we're planning a little cutting on Thursday, February 18th. We return to the Meadowlands. Get ready, East Rutherford, the Meadowlands. We return on Thursday night, February the 18th. Our start time, 7.30. Great World Wrestling Federation action. Outback Jack to take on King Harley Race, Junkyard Dog, and Outlaw Ron Bass. Battle a strong man with Hercules going up against... Oof, Ultimate Warrior. Dino Bravo to take on The Rock, Don Morocco. In a six-man tag, Hacksaw Jim Duggan to team up with Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera. On the other side, Axe and Smash, Demolition, and their manager wrestling, Mr. Fuji. And of course, as we've talked about for several weeks now, the big title for title matchup, Intercontinental Champ, Hunky Dog Man against the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champ, Hulk Hogan, title for title. The winner will have two belts on February the 18th at the Meadowlands. Greg the Hammer, Valentine, also on the card. Big return from Madison Square Garden. Back now with, well, it's a new hairdo for the Hammer. Did the barber have anything to do with that? Are you kidding, man? The barber hasn't got enough talent to cut a hairdo like this, you understand? No. Only my hairdresser knows for sure. And I'll tell you what, Beefcake, nobody's gonna touch the golden mane which happens to be the trademark of the valentine family the golden mane you understand beefcake nobody's gonna touch the golden mane unless i want him to the only reason i signed this return match with you beefcake is because i didn't beat you the way i wanted to you know he wants to get me back in the ring because he was humiliated I don't in know. madison square garden the mecca of professional wrestling I got my hand raised and Beefcake wants to save face. Well, Beefcake, I just proved to all the thousands and thousands of people in the Big Apple. 
I proved to them that I was the man that carried the load when we were the world tag team champions. You know that, Beefcake, most of all, you know that. And now you've been going around cutting people's hair, acting like a sick maniac. And all your fans are just as sick as you, cheering for you. Well, Beefcake, I'm going to put an end to it in the Meadowlands, February 18th. Remember, I, think I would have to say there's unfinished business indeed on both sides of the hammer, the barber part of the action at the Meadowlands on February the 18th at 7.30. All right, so this a handicap match here, guys. Originally supposed to be a six-man tag. It was slated to see Jim Duggan, Patera, and Billy Jack Haynes take on Demolition and Mr. Fuji. But rather than find a third partner, they go at it alone here. And it is Duggan and Patera defeating Demos and Mr. Fuji. Of course, Mr. Fuji doing the honors here to give the baby faces the big win. And it's also Brutus the Barber Beefcake scoring a win here over Greg the Hammer Valentine before we head off to the main event. And this one was billed as champion versus champion. Title for title. Yes, it would have been long before WrestleMania 6 had Hogan not lost the belt, but it is the former WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man on a disqualification after interference from Jimmy Hart. Of course, post-match, Hogan going to clear the ring and pose for the fans. Hogan must pose, pal. As we're off to Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and the Armory. February the 18th, Danny Spivey over Jerry Allen, the Bolsheviks, defeating the Killer Bees. Ladies champion Sherry over Rock and Robin. Bam Bam Bigelow. Ooh, listen to this. It's the Bammer over the Doctor of Style Slick. You heard me right, guys. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Slick here, who is subbing for the one-man gang. Now, there's a match I hope exists out there somewhere. Also on the card, Bad News Brown teaming with Iron Mike Sharp. That's unusual. The odd pairing will score a win. This makeshift heel team scores a win over the Rougeau brothers. So I'm not feeling it for Jacques and Raymond right now. These poor guys. Also on the card, it's the Islanders over the Bulldogs and Ted DiBiase defeating Jake the Snake Roberts in Sheboygan. As we move on to Worcester, Mass. In the Centrum, February the 19th, Lanny Poffo over Sika. Dino Bravo defeating Hillbilly Jim. It's Greg Valentine over Brutus Beefcake on a countout. Warrior and Hercules again battle to a double countout of their own. Rock down Morocco picking up a victory over the Iron Sheik. So much for a push here, Sheiky. Then from there, Bam Bam Bigelow defeating the King Harley Race. Ken Patera over Demolition Smash. Outlaw Ron Bass scoring a win over the Junkyard Dog. And Don Morocco again picking up another victory, this time in a bunkhouse battle royal to close the night in Worcester. As up next, it's the WWF in Columbus, Ohio at the Ohio Center. Old stopping grounds for Georgia Championship Wrestling. Bad News Brown over Sam Houston. The Bolsheviks over the Killer Bees. Tag Team Champions on the ladies' side. The Bomb Angels once again over the Glamour Girls. It's Jake the Snake Roberts battling Ravishing Rick Rude to a double countout. The Bulldogs finally scoring another win over the Islanders. And the Macho Man teaming with Ho! Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yes, guys, it's the Macho Man and Hacksaw scoring a win over the Million Dollar Man and Virgil. Then from there, we're off to a doubleheader February the 20th. Same card, both places. First, the Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio for the matinee show. And then it's off to the evening version of the show in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Civic Arena. In front of 8,000 fans, both venues feature the same results, and they go like this. It's the Iron Sheik over Leaping Lanny Poffo. Hercules defeating Hillbilly Jim in Richfield. This is the only match that is altered a little bit. In Pittsburgh, it's actually Ron Bass over Hillbilly Jim, but the rest of the card looks like this. Demolition defeating the Rougeau brothers. Dino Bravo over JYD. The Ultimate Warrior downing the King Harley race. Women's Tag Team Champions come to town. The Jumping Bomb Angels return 
after the Survivor Series to Richfield here. They're going to pick up another victory over the Glamour Girls. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Greg the Hammer Valentine and the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase defeating Bam Bam Bigelow on a countout after Virgil's interference. Bammer chasing Virgil and getting countered out. And to close out the night, Hacksaw Jim Duggan earns a victory in a bunkhouse battle royal and believe it or not, eliminating the same two men in both shows, Dino Bravo and the outlaw Ron Bass at the end of the matchup to give Hacksaw the win. Way to go, tough guy. Is up next, February 20th, Waukegan, Illinois at the East High School Gym. It's Dan Spivey over Jerry Allen, Young Stallions over the Conquistadors, Ladies Champion Sherry defeating Rock and Robin, Coco Beware over Bad News Brown on a disqualification, and then from there, Davey Boy Smith pinning Haku in a one-on-one encounter, so either Dynamite or Tama not able for this show. And in the final match of the night, the gang's still missing in action, so maybe sporting some sort of a minor injury of sorts here, not really sure. But no one-man gang, which means he's subbed out again for Slick in the ring. This time Slick taking on Jake the Snake Roberts. And wouldn't you like to see the Doctor of Style eat the DDT? As we continue on to Tacoma, Washington, and the Tacoma Dome, also February the 20th on the West Coast, 8,830 fans. Going to see Brady Boone over Johnny V. Scott Casey defeats Steve Lombardi. Barry Horowitz over S.D. Jones. It's the Bolsheviks picking up a win over the Killer Bees. Dangerous Danny Davis over Sam Houston. The Rock, Don Morocco, now accompanied to the ring by superstar Billy Graham. And it's Don Morocco battling Butch Reed to a double count out here in Tacoma. Also on the card, Ricky Steamboat battling Rick Rude to a 30-minute time limit draw. And in the main event, six-man tag team action inside a steel cage. Randy Savage and Strikeforce downing the trio of the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation as we continue on to Providence, Rhode Island and the Civic Center. Providence Civic Center, February the 21st, 3,100 fans going to see Dino Bravo over Jacques Rougeau. The Iron Sheik defeat Raymond Rougeau. It's George Steele over Sika on a DQ. The Ultimate Warrior pinning the King Harley Race. Ted DiBiase again over Bam Bam Bigelow on a countout. Ladies Tag Team Champion Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. Hacksaw Jim Duggan scoring a win here over the Outlaw Ron Bass. Demolition defeating JYD and Ken Patera, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake pinning his nemesis, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Then from there, on February 21st, in Decatur, Illinois at the Civic Center, same matchup February 22nd, in Farmland, Indiana at the Monroe Central High School Gym. It's Dan Spivey over Jerry Allen, Coco Beware battling Bad News Brown, Young Stallions over the Conquistadors, Ladies Champion Sherry retaining over Rock and Robin, British Bulldogs taking on the Islanders, And it looks like Brutus Beefcake going one-on-one with Greg Valentine in Farmland. Now, that matchup does not happen in Decatur. In fact, it's a different main event altogether, as in Decatur, it's slated to see Jake the Snake Roberts take on the one-man gang, if indeed the gang was back by this point in time, which I don't believe because he's going to miss the following night also, New York City, Madison Square Garden, February the 22nd, reportedly under 10,000 fans here. Because, of course, they don't capitalize on the Hogan-DiBiase thing at all here at MSG, which is just a head-scratcher for me. But this indeed was televised on the Madison Square Garden Network, including Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. Bobby Heenan going to join them a few matches into the card as well. And what is that I see around the ring here at MSG? Why does the Garden debut of the Pretty Blue Mats put out around ringside here for the wrestler's safety? As we learn immediately, the scheduled matchup between the Iron Sheik and Outback Jack has been canceled. What a bummer. I wish that was on tape, guys. But we do see the Rougeau brothers picking up a victory here over the King Harley race and Iron Mike Sharp. Kind of unusual. 
George Steele pinning Sika, the Samoan here, in just two minutes, 49 seconds. It's Demolition Axe one-on-one over Ken Patera, followed by Demolition Smash losing to the Junkyard Dog. Yes, guys, JYD pinning Smash of Demolition here. Now, I should point out Axe picking up the victory over Patera due to Smash's interference. Thus, Patera comes back out and gets revenge costing Smash the win against the Junkyard Dog. And since Dog has been on a leash, no pun intended, while Kim Patera has actually been the one feuding with Demos, you'd figure the win and losses would go the other way around, but that's where we are right now with Kid Patera. Also on the card here, Jake the Snake Roberts scheduled to take on Dino Bravo, and right now we go to promos from both sides. All right, for manager Frenchie Martin and Dino Bravo, later on tonight, it's Jake the Snake Roberts right here at the Garden of Mecca, Frenchie Martin. It's an affair, Greg DeJohn, right? Bonnier, c'est bonnier, c'est une affair qui est sûr, ça sera pas long. Jake the Snake Roberts, toi et puis ton serpent, vous n'avez énervé du monde. Vous n'avez fait peur à du monde, il y en avait. Là, t'as Dino Bravo, quoi, qu'il n'y a pas de peur là. Puis il y en a fait qui est sûr, Jake the Snake Roberts. Si tu penses être ta test à Bravo, c'est pas ça. C'est Bravo qui va être ton test, Roberts. Merci, monsieur. Uh, Dino Bravo, what about the matchup against Jake the Snake? Well, you come to one on Jeff and she will put the fancy. You know, Jake the Snake Roberts, I'll give you that much. You probably have the most devastating maneuver in the professional wrestling today. And I'm talking about the DDT. Everybody knows about that. But I want to remind you something, Snake Roberts. You're facing the strongest man in professional wrestling. Uh, your DDT ain't going to be applied to me tonight. I'm going to take you down so hard, Roberts, you'll never get on your feet again. And once you're down, but I'm going to punish you like you've never been punished before. You're going down, Roberts. I guarantee you. Hey, what about Damien? You did not mention Damien, Frenchie Martin. Yeah, no, what about man. Damien? No, me molesta con la culebra. Te voy a decir una cosa, Jake the Snake Roberts. Esta noche será tu noche. Tú vas a ver porque Dino Bravo es el más fuerte. El mejor atleta que ha pasado aquí. Madison Square Garden. So that's the good one to my guy here, Jake the Snake All right, Roberts. thank you, Frenchie Martin. Dino Bravo later on. Dino Bravo against Jake the Snake Roberts here at the Garden. Jake the Snake Roberts, earlier we talked with Canada's strongest man, Dino Bravo. He made a special point to talk about his great weightlifting abilities. But what about Damien now? Dino Bravo says he is not intimidated at all by your snake. I mean, what are your thoughts? Does he always tell the truth? Well, there's a good point. Would you point. expect him to tell you that he's deathly afraid of it, that he doesn't want to go out there? I mean, if you sit back here and say, I'm not going to be able to do something, once you get out in that ring, you're not going to do it. You have no possible way to go ahead and do what you want to do if you don't have the correct attitude. Attitude's what it's always been about with me. The attitude of a man, it's very easy to step back in the locker room and say, I'm going to be a winner. But once you step out of that ring and somebody slaps you a couple of times, that changes the attitude. I've got a good attitude. I know how to keep hold of it. All right, something that has certainly caught the eye of many in the World Wrestling Federation, the ability, the power and strength, particularly, of your opponent. I mean, that was very impressive, and you had to be impressed with that. You know, the thing is, though, when you talk about a wrestling match, you're talking about the strength has a lot to do with the outcome of the match. You're talking about the speed has a lot to do with the outcome of the match or the possibility, the durability of the man has a lot to do with the outcome of the match. But see, Dino Bravo's got all those things that he needs. But you see, when I step into the ring with the DDT, man, it's like holding a loaded gun, brother. I've got the only game in town. As long as I can use that maneuver time and time again, I'm going to come out time and time again right where I want to be, and that's on top of the whole thing. All right, Frenchie Martin, of course, will be there. Perhaps Damien will pay a visit that way? He needs it. I he agree with you. It. I agree with you 100% on that one. Jake the Snake Roberts, Dino Bravo at the Garden. All right, the Snake Man sounds ready for Canada's strongest athlete, and it is Jake the Snake Roberts battling Dino Bravo, Frenchie Martin in his corner. They actually wrestle to a 20-minute time limit draw, and they go nearly the full 20 minutes, guys. 
I don't have to tell you what action we saw there with Dino Bravo in the ring for 20 minutes. Gosh. Now, Jake does leave the fans happy there, lets them forget all about the match they just witnessed by pulling Damien out of the bag and uh, forcing Bravo and Frenchie Martin to head for the hills. We've got a few more matches for you here at the Garden, including former WWF champion, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, getting ready to take on Bam Bam Bigelow. As right now, we go to a live interview right there from the Garden, heading into the matchup from the Bammer and his manager, Oliver Humperdinck. All right, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, here at the Garden tonight. Of course, things not going his way last couple of months, but he hopes to change things tonight. If he does that, it will be at the expense of my guest at this time. It's Bam Bam Bigelow, and of course, the manager, Oliver Humperdinck, and it's the Million Dollar Man. Craig DeGeorge, I'm glad to see everybody here on the MSG Network here tonight because it's a big night, and it's a big night for Bam Bam Bigelow. You know, the man that caused all the problems around the WWF, Mr. Ted DiBiase, with all his money, got that title held up. It's going to come down to WrestleMania, but we're going to settle a score with Ted DiBiase tonight. He's not going to get away with what he's been doing. Virgil's been running wild. DiBiase's been doing what he wants to do, but this is the end of the road, brother. All right, I'm going to put Bam Bam Bigelow on the spot right here. Can you be bought, Bam Bam Bigelow? I can't be bought, but DiBiase, it's about time somebody made chump chains out of you, pal. All right, let's do point out that Virgil, the bodyguard, also in the corner of the million dollar man. Can you be bought, Oliver Humperdinck? We cannot be bought. We cannot be intimidated. DiBiase, you don't intimidate Bam Bam, and Virgil, you certainly don't intimidate me. Like I said before, all the problems around the WWF right now are directly caused by Ted DiBiase. Well, DiBiase, this is where it ends, brother man. This is where it ends in the squared circle of Madison Square Garden. Right, quick question for Bam Bam Bigelow. Nearby Asbury wrestling in Madison Square Garden, what does it mean? My backyard, man. Oh, All right, the Bammer, Bam Bam Bigelow against Ted DiBiase later on at the Garden. All right, so Bigelow sounds ready for action, but remember he has that bum knee. So we see the million-dollar man with Virgil by his side here. Pick up another victory over Bam Bam Bigelow with Oliver Humperdinck via countout as Bam Bam was looking for that slingshot splash, looking to put Ted DiBiase away early here in the matchup. But Virgil grabbing hold of him on the outside, forcing Bigelow to turn his attention to the bodyguard, chasing him around ringside until Bigelow winds up posted right into the steel post, goes to the Bammer, and he is counted out here. I should also note before we move on, Bigelow's theme for this garden entrance was actually Stand Back, as sung by Vince McMahon. As we go off now, coming out of the matchup, we're going to go backstage and hear from a gloating Ted DiBiase. Okay, Gorilla, thank you very much. Not very impressive, not an impressive way to go to WrestleMania in terms of a tune-up. I know Gorilla Monsoon was, was alluding to the fact that there should have been a disqualification on that. Let me tell work. you something, little man. You're pretty brave standing here with a million-dollar man making comments like that. Let me tell you something. In the final analogy, they don't want to know how... They just want to know who. Now, who won the match? He did win the match. Whose arm got raised he in the air? He won the match. We saw, all saw that, yes. And a famous football coach, Vince Lombardi, said what? Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing, brother. And I live by that. And this right here. Everybody's got a price for the million-dollar man. And yes, I told you people that Bam Bam Bigelow, Bubblehead Bigelow, was stepping out of his class when he stepped in the ring with me. And I just proved it to you. And every one of you people sitting at home, I'm gearing up for WrestleMania 4. Hogan, I hope you were watching. I hope the whole world was watching because I told you all, all along, I am the premier athlete in professional wrestling today. I was robbed once. It won't happen again. 
I will be the next World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. I always, I always get what I want. Well, as long as you're getting to that point, let's talk a bit about WrestleMania 4. Of course, in the first round for you in that championship elimination tournament, it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> He's coming up next, by the way, of course, here at Madison Square Garden against hey, the Outlaw Ron Band. Hey, I don't take anything away from anybody. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is a very impressive man. He's big, he's strong, and he's run over a lot of people. But just like Bigelow, who was a little bigger, a little more weight to him, and a little bit more power behind the punch, you're stepping out of your class when you step in the ring with me. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan, hey, this guy can't even find his way to the ring without corrective glasses, so what's he going to do with the Million Dollar Man? All right, Million Dollar huh? Man, some calling this a tainted <laughs> win tonight. Let's get back to Gorilla Monsoon. So the Million Dollar Man has a lot to talk about, picking up a victory here over Bam Bam Bigelow, but he was robbed of that WWF Championship belt. And more on that in the weeks to come here, both in the WWF and on the grenade. As we go off next to another live interview, Craig DeGeorge standing by with Hacksaw Jim Duggan as he talks about his upcoming matchup with the outlaw, Ron Bass. All right, later on here at the Garden, taking on the nasty Texan from Houston, outlaw Ron Bass, certainly one of the most popular athletes here in the World Wrestling Federation from Glens Falls, New York. He is the, uh, the hoe man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You better believe it, Craig. Oh, Hacksaw starting hoeing early. Oh, get fired up. The hair on the back of my neck is standing straight up because I've got the cowboy, Ron Bass, or the outlaw. Comes in with that big old cowboy hat on, has that Betsy whip, snapping it and cracking it. Well, let me tell you something, Ron Bass. As all these folks out there know, and you know, Craig, wherever Hacksaw Jim Duggan goes, this 2x4 is not far behind. So, Bass, I'm not going to take nothing away from you. You're a big man, you're a strong man, and you're a tough man. But you've never faced a man like Hacksaw Jim Duggan before. Don't come in the ring and start looking around for me. All you've got to do is check over in that corner over there, and you're going to find Hacksaw Jim Duggan staring back at you. And when they ring the bell, if you want to use that whip, use the whip. But if not, baby, you better be ready for a fight. Because you know, Craig, oh, Hacksaw, I'm not too much of a technical wrestler. I just like to get in there and mess him up. And Bass, I know you do too, so we'll be looking for a fight. All right, Miss Betsy does not seem to affect Where's my the Hacksaw, Hacksaw Jim Duggan later on to meet the outlaw, Ron Bass. All right, Duggan showing off his 2x4 there, the policeman of the WWF, as it is Big Jim Duggan battling outlaw Ron Bass to a double countout. Match goes 15 minutes. And of course, the 2x4 and Miss Betsy, the bullwhip, come into play here between these two. And it isn't done yet. We head backstage, Craig DeGeorge standing by with the outlaw, who will be interrupted by a surprise guest. Okay, Gorilla Monsoon, thank you very much. Obviously, the referee lost complete control of that matchup. I told and a double you it was going to happen. You know, people have been coming to me, said, hey, outlaw, when you finally, when are you finally going to get somebody in the ring that is worth something? Well, it happened, people. I had one, Mr. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You know, I like to call himself the policeman of the ring. He's got his big old tumor for Well, I just saw right there, I took him to an that much of his life, people. That's called an inch of his life. And you know something? WrestleMania 4, it seems like Mr. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it seems that he's in the tournament, and the big outlaw, he's in a battle role. Let me tell you something, Mr. Duggan. Go ahead. Go into the tournament. The big outlaw's not there. 
What's going to happen? If they crown you the heavyweight champion, you're going to have to face the big outlaw. It'll be my way, my style. And let me tell you something, Duggan. The beating that you've got so far ain't going to be nothing, boy. Me and Miss Betsy, it's time to reign supreme. Miss Betsy's hungry. She was around that throat, boy. She was into that skin just a little bit. And you better believe that she's not done. She's not going to be done till she takes that ugly face of yours and she rearranges it a little bit. And you better believe that you're looking at the people that can get it done. Myself and Miss Betsy. Mr. What? You won't. Yeah, Quit interrupting me. Here. I thought he, uh, he came back at you with that two by four and Are was you able to loosen me? the hold. That's a long time I'm after the referee got on me. Say, Bass, if you don't push... Get out of my way. I don't know who you think you're talking to or who you think you're messing with, Bass. But this is Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you don't hit me with no rope or no whip, or you don't choke me no, no whip and expect to get away from it. Let me tell you something. I don't care if it happens out there in the ring. I don't care if it happens out in the parking lot, and I don't care if it happens right here in the TV studio. I'm going to beat you up, tough guy. All right, the outlaw is safely out of here now. Gorilla, let me get it back to you right now. All heck breaking loose in this matchup. So the outlaw, Ron Bass, feels like he won that matchup. Asks, when are you going to finally put somebody in the ring worth something? Give me some real competition here when, ho, who else but Hacksaw Jim Duggan shows up, chases Bass off out of the interview area, Duggan cutting his own promo. Doesn't sound like he's done yet with the outlaw. Kind of an interesting New York City loan storyline there. As we go on to the main event of the night, originally slated to see the Rock Don Morocco and the Ultimate Warrior. Wow, what a what a team. Take on the duo of the Natural Butch Reed and the one-man gang, of course, Slicks guys, but as I said, gang still out of action. And subbing for him here tonight? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. First, I got some promos lined up for you guys. First, we're going to hear from the Rock Don Morocco and the Ultimate Warrior. What a duo. The vascular connection, the hose train, if you will. We're going to hear from Morocco and Warrior, and then from there, we're going to hear from the Doctor of Style Slick and his men. He's the ultimate warrior, and as my partner, we are the ultimate team. Ain't that right? The ultimate warrior, because you see one man, Jake. There was a time when you walked the streets of Chicago, and you didn't need no freaks, and you didn't need no partners. Well, brother, I walked on all the other warriors. I walked on until I was six foot under. And you can look in the eyes of this ultimate warrior and see the fire, brother. I've walked through the land and I've crossed over many men. And one man gave a Butree. Butree, jump on this back, brother. Jump on that back and you're going to go down. Me and the rock down Morocco. 600 pounds of ultimate mass with ultimate destruction. Look at this. Power this man could be a condominium if he wants. I'll tell you something. Look at this time. Talk about impressive. Ultimate war the rocket tag team action at the card another 20 seconds. Doctor of Style Slick, Dapper Debonair. Welcome back to New York City, brother. Your team of the one-man gang and the natural Butch Reed are going to be facing... Don Morocco and the Ultimate Warrior, no less. That's right, and I want to bring both of them in right now so New York City can have Holy a Toledo. long, hard look, you understand? Yeah. At a congregation of sophistication. You understand what I'm saying? Give me that Man, again. Give me that. I said a congregation of sophistication. Now, I want you to note one thing. You don't see or you don't hear any mention, brother, of superstar Billy Graham. You know why? Because after my man at the 747 took it upon himself to beat the daylights out of Don Morocco, the old broken down arthritic 
no good ball head Billy Graham want to take it upon himself to come in the ring and try to do some business and the brother right here, the natural, and the big 747 put him out of his misery. Can I, can I take this subject up with the natural Butch Reed? <laughs> what about it, Butch? What about it? It's just like the good doctor said. He's trying to take it upon himself to try to rejuvenate his career. But you understand, you can't rejuvenate what's already aged. And I'll tell you <laughs> something else. i tell you two all-day suckers go by the name of The Rock, which is nothing but a sad pebble to me, and The Warrior, nothing but a little kid running around with a bunch of lipstick on his face. It's going to be rolled hard and put up with in Madison Square Garden. Get ready, baby, because... All right, we crumb on it on February 22nd in the Garden. What a match. What a card. <laughs> All right, two World Wrestling Federation superstars, The Rock, Don Morocco, the ultimate warrior, most impressive to most of us. Slickster, what are your thoughts on the opponents tonight? Well, I'll tell you something. You know, the entire world of professional wrestling has the greatest respect fought Don Morocco and Ultimate Warrior, two most worthy opponents. But remember, you're going against two individuals who outclass you and outmatch you. And remember this, you asked for this whooping that's going to be put on you tonight. And where is superstar Billy Graham? Huh? Where is superstar Billy Graham? I tell you where he is. He's in the convalescent center again, recuperating from the hands of the natural daddy. And well, that will certainly inspire the rock Don Morocco. What about the physiques, the prowess? Of those two gentlemen. Well, when you don't have no brains, you got to have a body. So they got two bodies and no brains. Both of them so stupid, they once got hit by Park Carr. All right, so we get ready for the tag team matchup to close the night. Morocco and the Warrior on one side. It was Butch Reed and the gang on the other. But the gang out right now with some type of an injury. As we hear Slick cutting a promo there. Where is Superstar Graham anyway? Mocking Morocco's protege now. As Slick refers to their opponents as Two bodies, no brains. In fact, they're so stupid, they got hit by parked cars. I don't know if anybody can verify that, but we head off to the ring to see The Rock, Don Morocco, and The Ultimate Warrior take on The Natural Butch Reed and King Kong Bundy. Bundy is back for one night only, of course. New Jersey, not too far away from MSG here, so Bundy made the quick drive. They needed a suitable replacement, a big name here, so why not pull Bundy back out of retirement after only a couple of weeks? But it is indeed Don Morocco and the Ultimate Warrior picking up a victory over Butch Reed and King Kong Bundy. Warrior pinning Bundy, makes sense, with a cross-body block. In 15 minutes, there's a matchup in a move you didn't think you, you didn't expect to hear today. Warrior pinning King Kong Bundy with a cross-body. Match goes about 15 minutes. After Bundy tripping backwards over Don Morocco, Warrior landing on top, giving the baby faces the win there. What a night in Madison Square Garden, but no Hulkster and thus under 10,000 paid. Is up next February 26th, 10,000 fans here in Hollywood, Florida at the Sportatorium. Dan Spivey over Lanny Poffo, the Warrior, defeating Dino Bravo on a countout, ravishing Rick Rude over the junkyard dog. Hulk Hogan pinning the natural Butch Reed, so maybe their second match and likely their final matchup against one another. No title on the line here. Hogan simply on the card, which is just weird. But it is Hogan over the natural Butch Reed. Randy Savage battling the Million Dollar Man to a double countout. Ladies champions Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. Bolsheviks putting away the Killer Bees. Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeating Outlaw Ron Bass on a countout. Jake the Snake Roberts this time around teaming with Strike Force, scoring a victory over the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation. Roberts pinning the Hitman there. 
in Hollywood, Florida. And then it's off to the Baltimore Arena in Maryland on February the 26th. Going to see Iron Mike Sharp over Outback Jack. So that's where Jack is on the card now. Iron Sheik defeating Ken Patera. So that's where Ken Patera is on the card at this point. And you'll see what I mean here in just a little bit. Dangerous Danny Davis over Sam Houston. Coco Beware defeating Bad News Brown. I hope that was on a DQ or count out. Also, Bam Bam Bigelow over the Iron Sheik. So they put Sheik over on Patera earlier. Now it makes more sense because it was supposed to be Bam Bam and the gang starting their house show feud here, but the gang is out. Iron Sheik subbing in, so you give him a win earlier. So when he loses to Bammer, it makes him all the more a big name in the match. So Bigelow over the Iron Sheik, another rare gem I would like to get a hold of. Also, Hercules battling Don Morocco to a double countout. Brutus Beefcake over Greg Valentine and the Islanders defeating the British Bulldogs on a DQ. As we roll on, three house shows, three nights in a row, same results. It's going to be February 27th, Denver, Colorado at the Auditorium in front of 8,500 fans. That's a sellout there in Denver, guys. Also, February 28th in Boise, Idaho at the BSU Pavilion. And then February 29th, Leap Year in Tucson, Arizona at the Convention Center. Now, the Denver show billed as a tribute to Mad Dog Vashon, but Every night, same results, S.D. Jones over Johnny V, Ultimate Warrior battling Hercules to a double countout. Every night, it was Ken Patera over either Demolition Axe or Smash. Jumping Bomb Angels continued to retain their titles over the Glamour Girls, Outlaw Ron Bass over Brady Boone, Danny Davis defeating Sam Houston, and in the main event, every night out, Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow over the Million Dollar Man and Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan defeating DiBiase with the leg drop. Is up next, February 27th, Halifax, Nova Scotia at the Forum. The scheduled Hillbilly Jim Sika match was canceled. Bummer. As we go on, it's Bad News Brown over Buddy Lane. Canadian, makes sense. Also, Rock Down Morocco defeating Iron Mike Sharp. Sharp subbing there for the one-man gang. What a substitution. Also on the card, interesting matchup here, kind of, I guess, filling the card out. It's a fellow by the name of Louis Laramick pinning Bulldog Vachon. Not Mad Dog Vachon, but... Bulldog Vachon with a small package on the card. Also, Junkyard Dog teaming with George Steele over the Bolsheviks. Wait a minute, so the animal and the dog can defeat the Bolsheviks, but the Rougeau brothers can't? I don't know. Also, in Halifax, this is Jim Duggan over Butch Reed. Unique match. Battle of the Hacksaws here in the WWF. The Islanders over the British Bulldogs, and Rick Rude defeating Jake the Snake on a countout. As uh, we continue on, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty in results here, guys. As a, another trio of events, three nights in a row here. Same results each night. February 27th, Geary, Indiana at the Genesis Convention Center. February 28th, Des Moines, Iowa at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium. And February 29th, Leap Year, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Five Seasons Center. It's reportedly the Iron Sheik taking on Scott Casey. Young Stallions over the Conquistadors. Dino Bravo going at it with Coco Beware. Brutus Beefcake versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. And the main event's going to see Macho Man and Strike Force going up against the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation six-man action. Now, I don't have results for those shows, which is odd because it's the same event every single night. But as of now, the Iron Sheik at least scheduled for these matchups. Now, I'm not sure if he made those or not. By my accounts, the Iron Sheik already all but gone from the company after just 10 days. But more on that later on as we go on to London, Ontario and the London Gardens matinee show February the 28th, rescheduled from January 23rd. Going to see Jake the Snake Roberts over at Welcome Back, One Man Gang, and we're going to teach you to go out with an injury. Gang doing the job here to the Snake Man, just as Bigelow did to DiBiase after he returned from his injury. Oh, that Vince. Also ravishing Rick Rude, downing the rock down Morocco. Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Sika. It's Natural Butchery defeating Hillbilly Jim, and in this matchup, 
Hillbilly going to suffer a left knee injury. Going to keep him out briefly, and I'd say that that's going to cause some jobs when he returns, but Hillbilly already doing the jobs on the way out here. It's Butch Reed over Hillbilly Jim. He'll be back very shortly. Don't worry, guys. Jerry Allen defeating Steve Lombardi. The Ultimate Warrior over Bad News Brown, who was known as the Ultimate Warrior Bad News Allen in Stampede. Interesting fun fact there, but wow, I never knew this match took place. The Ultimate Warrior defeats Bad News Brown on a disqualification. Also here, the Islanders over at George Steele and Junkyard Dog, and the British Bulldogs defeat the Bolsheviks. Wait a minute. We had the Islanders and Bulldogs in the same show, and they wrestle other teams? Very odd, London. As uh, we go on, Toronto and Maple Leaf Gardens again here in the month of February, and a short month, no less. February the 28th, it's Bad News Brown over Johnny Canine. Sika defeating Iron Mike Sharp. Sharp substituting that injured hillbilly Jim. Bolsheviks over at JYD and George Steele. The Islanders defeating the British Bulldogs on a DQ. Hacksaw Jim Duggan over the natural Butch Reed. Ravishing Rick Rude scoring a pinfall over at Jake the Snake Roberts. Final match of the night, it's Don Morocco defeating the one-man gang on a countout. As we finish out the year, one more leap year show here, February the 29th, Utica, New York, at the Memorial Auditorium in front of 3,228 fans. As the scheduled bout, between Jim Duggan and One Man Gang, canceled for unknown reasons. We know the gang is back, but we do see the Rock Don Morocco over Butch Reed, Rick Rude defeating Jake the Snake Roberts, Sika over George Scotland. It's Bad News Brown defeating Tony Gurria. So they're throwing tr- pretty much anybody in there with Bad News right now, and, and I'm not complaining. I'd love to see some of these matches, Warrior and Bad News, and Bad News putting down Tony Gurria. I'm all for that. The Islanders over the Bulldogs here in Utica, and George Steele and JYD defeating the Bolsheviks. The final match results recorded in the month of February, George Steele and JYD over the Bolsheviks. Enough said there. And that, my friends, will wrap it up here for the month of February and house show results, which means when we return next time, we're going to look at the first two weeks of February TV here in 1988 in the World Wrestling Federation, all of the fallout from the main event, that championship match, Andre the Giant defeating Hulk Hogan for the title, Ted DiBiase being presented the WWF Championship from Andre the Giant. We're going to hear from WWF President Jack Tunney, who's going to make a major announcement in regards to the WWF title and WrestleMania 4. Some feuds will continue, others will emerge. Just in time for the big pay-per-view, Bam Bam Bigelow back on the road. Ted DiBiase was champion for at least a couple of shows. It was fun while it lasted, eh, Teddy? And hey, wrestling fans, don't have pity on the Iron Sheik. He'll be back by the month of July, for a few weeks anyway, before he's fired again. But seriously, guys, so much to get into here next week. Can't wait to cover another two weeks of WWF TV as we head into WrestleMania for February 1988 television right around the corner. And of course, guys, I do encourage you to check out all of the great podcasts over at WrestleCopia.com, whether it's Regional Wrestling, The Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop, and so many others. And of course, follow me on social media, guys, over on X, formerly Twitter, at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, Follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And of course, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And I certainly encourage you all to join that $5 all-access tier while there's spots still available over there at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Seriously, guys, you get an insane amount of gifts for just 5 bucks, and you're helping to support the brand. You're showing me that you're there. You're showing me that you care. You want to keep all of these great podcasts up and running. And I want to thank all of my current patrons for that. And hey, guys, just real quick, 
do me a good solid. Anybody out there listening on Apple or any of the other podcast streaming apps that allow ratings, I'd really appreciate you guys to give the Wrestling Memory Grenade and any of the other shows here on the WrestleCopia Network a five-star rating. And not just leave a five-star rating, but actually leave a couple sentences there. Tell everybody why you like the podcast. And in return, I'd be happy to name drop you right here on the show. Your five-star rating really goes a long way. And all right, guys, with all that said, time to wrap things up here this week. Of course, we will be back next week with more of February 1988. But until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there. Making his winter residence in the Netherlands Antilles.